hand into the fire. Run. Run! Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-Earth strategy battle game podcast. Pippin never forgot that hour in the Great Hall under the piercing eye of the Lord of Gondor, stabbed ever and anon by his shrewd questions. <laughs> very fitting, very fitting. How's it going, dude? You right? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I'm enjoying a bit of cooler weather. Uh, some people will be recoiling in horror from that uh, statement because I know a lot of people are, you know, those sunshine people. But uh, I much prefer a cooler climb, so I'm uh, I'm a bit happier, I have to say. <laughs> Yourself? Yeah, yeah, I like I quite like the warm weather. Maybe you should head to cooler climbs like Canada at the moment, which seems to be really, really cold. <laughs> Bit of a heat wave they're having over there. It's crazy. No, have you seen the, the news? Have you seen the heat wave they're having? You've not. You've no, clearly, I've you've not, clearly I don't not tend been to following the, the news. news these days. They've um they've got a bit of a. Uh, a bit of a heat wave on the uh, the, the uh, west coast side, so the the sort of the Seattle side of America as well, um, California. Mm. But then all of the uh, I don't know what part of Canada that is. Sorry, but um, it's been getting like to forty six C, which is isn't that, that's French Canada, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, really don't know. I don't know. But Sorry. as long as they're done on that, all right, aren't they? They're, they're Toronto side, aren't they? Which is I think so. Houston. I think so. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, we're making light of it. It's obviously, when you have that kind of heat, yeah. it does result in some people um, being very, very poorly and, and losing their lives. But uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Anyway, we're not here to talk about um, climate change. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Dan, do you want to do you want to tell everyone what we got coming up on the show? Of course, we've got our usual uh, mini meetings uh, where we will have a bit of a chat about what's been going on, as well as any news, anything that's going on in the community, any uh, you know news items to, to put out there uh, from ourselves as well. Then we have our main section, which is uh, this week, uh, this month, as it is, listener questions, uh, which is where we've given all of you the opportunity through our various social medias and methods of uh, contact uh, to ask us your your pressing questions that you'd like us to answer, you know, those important questions that determine the fate of the world, etc. And then we'll wrap it up. Fantastic. Right. Well, let's get to the normal advertising and then we'll come back and uh, talk stuff in many meetings. Incom Gaming, the new centre for tabletop wargaming in Gloucestershire. Visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs. We stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the UK. Market leading gaming mats from gamemats.eu. Visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield. Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit incomgaming.co.uk. Incom Gaming. Come game, shop, drink. And we're back with many meetings. So, as as is general, uh, as is traditional, we'll start with the news. Um, so, what has there been? What has there been? Um, so, Dan's thankfully added loads and loads of notes there um, because otherwise I'd have missed out on some of this stuff. But uh, tell you what, I'll talk a bit about the postponement of Flotsam and Jetsam first. Um, and get that bit out there, and then uh, I'll leave Dan to tell tell you all about uh, the the Middle Earth sort of news in terms of 
releases and 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 things like that. So um, so unsurprisingly, um, we we weren't not able to go ahead and uh, do Flotsam and Jetsam. I think as we're recording this, it would be um, next weekend, not the the weekend we're about to enter. Um, and um, it was just one of those things where even though we are slowly relaxing, that little delay in the UK of four weeks um, for measures meant that it just couldn't work with it being a, a doubles event. We could have run a singles event if we reduced the player base down to under 30. We'd have to be under 30 people in total, I think. So that would be organisers would have had to have taken it down to uh, maybe about 25 players would have had to ask at least 15 people not to come um, and then we'd have to put people in little pods of six um, and they'd only they got a state of their allotted like three tables and, and one allotted table and a row, row of tables I suppose it would be and only play amongst each other and mix amongst each other and then masks on and, and all that kind of stuff and that that wasn't it flotsam and jetsam. It sounds like the worst <laughs> speed dating you can possibly imagine. It's, it's well, I mean we talked about it a little bit before I think and if I was a bit younger and I was part of the um, GBHL competitive scene, especially if I was maybe in the top 40 or 50 and I really, you know, I wanted to go and compete and be part of the league, then I can Im- imagine getting enjoyment from playing more competitive games under that kind of format because you're still getting to, you know, get the scratch that competitive itch and play the game, etc. This is, you know, very much designed to be a, a laid back thing, which is along the lines of the podcast in many ways. Um, and it just it just wasn't what the original vision was at all. So it was a, it was quite an easy decision to make once I spoke with um, Chip, who's the, the owner of Incom Gaming. Was just, you know, he said we could do this, but you know, this is what it would be like. Um, and so it was just a case of we call it postponing, but it's not really. We've we've actually cancelled um, the event. We, we've postponed it three times already. It became it was a, it was a doubles first, and that got postponed and added in with the singles day I was going to do, and then they both got postponed again until this this date, which we can't do. And it's kind of a cancel. Instead of kind of postponing it again, we've we've decision to can taken a decision to cancel it. Um, and then Dan and I have already planned next year's event, and people who are have tickets for for this year's event i've got the option to carry the ticket over and it doesn't carry you know they have to pay a bit more because it's changing from a single day double now to a full weekend event um sort of completely redesigned really apart from the doubles it will be very very similar i want to keep fairly true to that because i like like the system that i wrote for it anyway and i think those that are decide to carry their ticket over um they feel like they're at least getting what they originally paid for in a certain extent um, and then a lot more on top. Um, I don't know. I don't want to go into too much detail about it. I think, I don't know if it would be interesting to listen to. I don't know, Dan, what do you reckon? What do you, You've knocked up a lovely... Um, I, I sent you loads of words and then you make them look pretty on a nice uh, on a nice flyer for me. But um, um, I think... I don't want to go into too much detail because I know we've got a few people that are interested in going, but until we know how many tickets might go on general sale again come January time, I don't want to turn it into a big advertisement because at the moment we've only only re- refunded one ticket. Everyone else is either coming to next year and and come you know and coming to the full thing or they're undecided as yet. So I don't want to do a big kind of advertising thing, get loads and loads of people excited, and then just have no tickets to suddenly one. So it's a good thing that everyone wants to carry the tickets over because it means I'm not out of pocket. <laughs> um, apart from I, I can get a refund for the for the venue, which I'd have to repay again next year. But all, you know, I spent the, the, the remaining money that was there on all the prizes and stuff, which luckily I didn't put dates on. 
but um, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be short term out of pocket until if I have to refund loads of stuff until we have to until I get to resell tickets, so to speak. But shall we give them a rundown? Yeah, well, I suppose give, we can give, give them a, a small coverage of it. Yeah, so so this year was a, a one-day doubles, and what we've turned it into is our vision for a, a kind of relaxed gaming weekend. So the plan next year will be on Saturday the 9th of July, there's a, a sort of one-day doubles tournament, 20 teams, um, um, and then loads and loads of sort of soft stuff. So um, two different painting awards and um, some... Sort of spot prizes and things like that. Very, very relaxed. We know, we know, it is a, a tournament as such. Um, it's not just um, f- um, narrative games or anything like that. But we want it, want it to be laid back, very Throne of Skulls sort of esque. And then it's going to be on the um, the Saturday night because Incom has its sort of is a bar, is a is a nightclub or an indie nightclub kind of thing. Um, we've got full access to it because it's closed that weekend for the 2000 Trees Festival, which is local to the area. So it's, it's not open to the public. So we've got the whole venue. So the bar will stay open and we're going to have either a buffet, curry or a barbecue, which will be an additional cost and optional. So people can go off and do their own thing if they want to. We'll do a quiz and casual play, open gaming. So it'll just be a really nice kind of chilled out thing. It'll be in July, so hopefully it'll be nice and warm. Um, Outsiders covered area anyway you've got sort of bench um tables and things it's just a a cool place to hang out in the evening really and then sunday um and this is going to be your baby probably more than mine um is your original idea is to do a singles event but it's a fantasy fellowship tournament relaxed again um and we'll make up rules for um so you can take evil fantasy fellowships as well so basically pick your fantasy fellowship and um run a, a small three round Swiss event for it probably three round we say three round or four and I can't even remember what we said three round so it's nice and relaxed details will be forthcoming <laughs> yeah so, I mean that's what's on the fly there might be a slight adjustment by the time the full pack comes out um, and um, again the same kind of painting conditions for the second day to two types of um, two types of painting award for that so sort of judged and um, player based and then there's also going to be a painting competition as well um, a separate one, um, which you can't use miniatures that you're using the second day in your army because that's when I'll be judging them and I'll hopefully get a couple of other ju- judges in as well to help me. Um, there's a few categories for that, so sort of single miniature, monster, war machine and um, groups, so like a maximum of five miniatures and there's a, a gold, silver, bronze on that as well. So just kind of trying to add some layers in there. There's lots of influence of Throne of Skulls because I absolutely love that event. Um, but just trying to make it more than just a standard two-day tournament. Very, very laid back. So that's it in its headlines. It's £40 for the weekend. Um, as it stands, people who have got tickets already have already paid um, essentially £10 each because it was £20 for a uh, a doubles ticket. So, And then they get, a, they get a nice 25% discount. So if you want to listen to this and you've missed all the social media posts about the um, cancellation, etc., um, and you've got a ticket for doubles, um, yeah, do get in touch and let me know whether you, um, you want to refund or whether you want to come along to the new event and uh, you as I say you make a you save 10 quid by uh, transferring over rather than returning your ticket and then going back into the lottery of trying to get one when they go live but all fun but it should be really good next year it should be what we envisage it to be anyway we were going to do this anyway we were going to do this style of event so um I'm looking forward to it I'm just um yeah it's a bit depressing it's uh it's not been able to happen this year but it is what it is <laughs> It's what it is. Unfortunately, yes, it's uh, sign of the times. Unfortunately, but uh, it's looking brighter, so we can always take that away from it. 
Absolutely, and and you know things are, are looking better at the moment. We're um, we're not going too much into COVID stuff. We, there are obviously a lot of cases around in the UK at the moment, but luckily they're not materialising into too much serious um, hospitalisation and health at the moment. And that's the benefit of the vaccination program. But we also wouldn't want to be encouraging forty people to go at the moment with the way cases are get together, and then everyone everyone's pinged, and no one can work for ten days and things as well. That does have has a it takes a quite a bit of a risk going to do something like that when it's not a kind of government sanctioned event where everyone's doing tests beforehand and things. When you go and do something that's kind of a just within the the realms of, of possibility, if you all get pinged, there could be a lot of people that can't go to work for ten days, and that's quite a lot of. Um, um, I don't know. It, it causes a lot of stress in my household if if one of us is, gets pinged or the kids, <laughs> the schools get closed or nurseries get closed and stuff. So, um, I imagine that'd be the same for people coming as well. So maybe it is sensible not to do it from our point of view at the moment, anyway. But anyway, oh, massively, it's what stops me going. Just to touch on that very briefly, it's it's all well and good. Um, you know, we, we won't get there's less chance of being physically sick, but it has a knock on effect. Uh, my previous job, if I'd have had to take ten days off, I'd have been ten days on statutory, which is crippling. For anyone who's trying to get by on that, so yeah, yes, yeah. it's it's all it's just for the best. It's, it's all for the best. To think about, yeah, I just want to be clear that we're not knocking any of the events that are happening at the moment. Um, it was just a kind of a everyone would have to make their own choice about if they did get pinged or something like that on the app, and they uh, had to isolate what what that would be. And I'd I'd, I'd hate for um, you know quite a few people to end up being isolation because of the event even though it wouldn't be my fault i'd feel very guilty so i suppose that's the the benefits of having to postpone it It means that when we do do it next year fingers crossed everything should be um much more normal if not completely normal at least you know at least within our own borders anyway so to speak anyway i keep saying anyway to move on and we don't dan tell us tell us the news what's the rest of the news what's the real news (laughs) well um we've had quite a uh Sort of a bit of a lead time on the latest uh, last chance to buy date of the 29th of August for a clutch of models that will be disappearing at that point from the range. They'll be rotated out. I'm going to, to interrupt you make straight away and just say I love that. That that lead time is such a good thing. Sometimes, well, a lot, a lot of people get paid monthly or have financial commitments, and a lot of the complaint is that you get you miss out because you just don't have time don't have enough notice to think i really want that but i don't have the money right now but if i can put when you've got almost you know two and a two plus months you've got a chance to put some money by to actually get what you want so that's great anyway back to you oh yeah yeah I mean, possibly for me it's possibly a month too long purely because and, and hold out on this one for me it means that we know we're not going to get anything rotated in for at least a couple <laughs> of weeks after that so that means we're looking at three months before we get new models back in and given the models that i'm about to list off mm. I want those faster, so I don't really care about what's going. I want what's coming in. <laughs> but that's just me. That's my personal opinion. I know in nowhere represent the uh, views of Out of the Frying Pan podcast, only myself. So <laughs> I, I would have, to be fair, anything more than the couple of weeks or, or, or you sometimes get for some of these releases, then... Uh, then that's that's good. Even the big releases they do from lots, you know, out of out of Middle Earth here. Even the big releases, sometimes you know it's coming, but you only get a couple of weeks before the actual the pre-orders going up next week, and it's a two-week one. You're like, oh, that's no good. So, um, yeah, yes, yeah. Unfortunately, we uh, we're not possessive of uh, any uh, palantiri on this one, so we have no idea when things are coming. So, yeah, we are. <laughs> Held hostage by that. So, yes, on the 29th of August, the following will be leaving. Uh, Barrels out of Bond. Uh, the Bilbo Baggins, the old one, the original one. Uh, the Woeses, uh, Banderbrass Took, and uh, Goldfimble. Uh-huh. So they're all leaving. Um, a lot of those came in generally 
Uh, what was it? Banderbrass took and golfing ball were scouring the Shire. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, came back for the the couple of narrative scenarios. And yeah, the, the and then Moses was uh, Warren Rohan, wasn't it? Yep. I are you before you go on to the what's coming back in, and you picking up any of those? No, no. Um, I've just painted a Thorin's company. You know, just spoilers. So I'm not doing another one saying barrels that I can't use. The next Thorin's company I'll be painting will be if they ever bring back the four trial ones. Let's put it that way. So if they don't, mm. that's it. Um, um, and I think I painted Bill Reagan's back in the day. No real desire to paint I've that model. Um, I'm painting no. it, but I've picked one up. Um, I'd be tempted by barrels out of bond, but it really depends on finances and what else I want to buy and what else is going on at the time. But if I'm, if I've got the money for it and they're available, I'd be tempted. But um, we will see. The rest of it, not really that interested to be honest with you. I quite like the golfing ball model, but I'm not going to use it in game. That's such. I prefer and no. it, the same with Banderbrass. I, if I, if and when I do Hobbits in the future, which is many many projects down the road, I, I won't do that era, so to speak. And Woes is I just don't like the models to be honest. With you. No, they're pretty horrible. To be fair, um, I know a lot of people love them. I am not one of them. So um, to replace these uh, is the Lorien Elf Commanders, so your unarmoured wood elves, um, the Galadrim Elf Commanders, and they've actually changed out the models. They're in there because they've moved the uh, the caster into the Lorien Elf Commander set yes. and added the Swordsman Captain into the Galadrim Elf Commander set. So I've got the older style Galadrim one where it's the, the caster, yeah. the bow arm, Captain, the uh, horn, the guy with the war horn, and the guy with the banner. Forcing so, you to buy that. Well, I don't have any of those because Michael, <laughs> Michael has them all. <laughs> so I don't have any of those. Oh, actually, I might have a spellcaster somewhere, maybe. Anyway, uh, so there they're coming back. Uh, Wood Elf Sentinels, which I know a lot of people would be happy about because you do need those. I was quite annoyed at the time I couldn't get hold of them when I originally did have an army. Uh, obviously, a little bit late now. <laughs> the next one I am incredibly excited about. Thrain the Broken and Gandalf the Grey. Mm. That set is awesome for Gandalf the Grey's um, exploration of uh, Dol Guldur. Yeah. It's cool, slightly sneaky, sword slightly drawn. Jobby. Getting it. Awesome. I want that model as well. Getting it. Rather badly. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. It. I'm thinking it. of getting two, actually. Yeah, one for because gaming want... and one for doing a, some kind of diorama or display or vignette or something. Is that the plan? Uh, well, possibly with Thrain, because I'd like the idea of um, putting him on a on a pillar like he's overlooking a uh-huh. crouch like almost golem-esque and then i'll paint one normally but i want uh i need a gandalf the gray uh for a sort of dog order style and then i want one that's of that era yeah. uh to go with my um champions variable yes yes yeah yeah Makes sense. um i might get sassy gandalf and then convert him because he hasn't got glamdring on that model and i need to convert the staff top but i'm not paying 50 quid for him <laughs> no, no so um yeah. Uh, the next one I'm even more excited about, which is the Vanquishers of the Necromancer, which yeah, is the uh, much, much better uh, Galadriel, Elrond, and Saruman. That set is stunning. Um, yeah. It's my favourite Elrond model by by an absolute mile. Absolutely. And up until them. the plastic Saruman, it's probably my favourite Saruman as well. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right, actually. I've, I've got the plastic one, I've painted it, but yeah, that I really like that set, and that will... Uh, that's definitely the second one I'll get. I'll definitely, definitely Thrain and, and Gandalf and then the Vanquish and the Necromancer. Awesome re-releases of those. And yeah. I'll definitely uh, um, knock some the, eBay sellers off probably a little bit because they go, go for silly money, don't they? 
one might argue that's a good thing. Mm-hmm, that's beyond my point to comment on. Um, the the Spider Queen's coming back, and a mixed pack of the Spiders of Middle Earth, which is giant spiders and Merkwood spiders. So there'll be two of each. They're coming back. Yeah. And uh, the Castellans of Dogodur, which obviously we have at the moment, but rather than a randomised two pack, we are now getting a repack with all three of the sculpts in. Perfect. So I'll be picking those up as well. I'll pick up some Castellans. I'm not sure. Not about the spiders. That. I'm not a huge. I don't need the Castellans. I don't think so. I won't. I don't think. I'm not tempted to pick them up at, at this point. Who knows? That these are all coming back as um, sort of semi permanent in range yeah. so i will i love the idea of picking up the spiders i don't think that will be something i get straight away but it might be something i think about grabbing in the future because it's you know, there's a lot of lists you can't do without them so and i do like them but the thrain and gandalf and the vanquish and the necromancer that might be something i like buy as soon as i can afford it when they come out so maybe straight away we'll see we'll see what where you know the date they come out and what else is about but um those are just well, models I wanted for a long time. Uh, the Spider Queen and the Spiders are things that I've, I thought, I wish they were available. And I'm glad to see them coming back because um, as much as you can get some alternatives, it's nice to see the official models on the table where where possible. Um, I think War Games Atlantic do a very good set of plastic spiders. And I think quite a few people will pick those up, which is absolutely fine for, you know, as long as you're not going to GW sanctioned events, it's cool. Um, or the event organisers like it. We've had questions on this before. They are good, cheap alternatives, but um, I prefer the stuff that looks like it's designed for the film, and, and that's what uh, what these are. So I will pick them up. Yeah, I think this will be the first time I've actually bought MTO models. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was treated to Frodo and Sam and Orc armor, but they were present, so that's different. But these, yeah, this one's going to be a relatively hefty one because I will pick up... Um, Probably two lots of Thrain and Gandalf, the Necromancer, the Vanquishers of the Necromancer, and yep. the Castellans. I definitely will pick those up. Definitely. So these so, are made. Are these going to be made to order to start with as part of it? I can't remember. The, I only skim. Well, they, actually, they might be coming in as range. So by the way, it's the first time they've brought models back, mm, yeah. existing models back. I lump it all on the same thing. Call it MTO, call it whatever. I just the first things I've, I've the, you know, that's not a, a brand new release that I've bought in a long time. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I've bought a few MTO things. I'm, I think they're all still kind of in their boxes at the moment. I'm not really, they're kind of yeah. thought, grab them now, you need them for future projects and things. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to those coming back anyway. There's, there's, those two sets I've we've both sort of really got excited about. Those um, are models that I've seen for a while and thought, I really, really wish they were around when I uh, to pick up. So looking forward to them. Yes. Good um move. And obviously there is a certain theme that appears to be coming in at this point and uh, alluded to further than that, in part of the Warcom article, we have the following paragraph. These classic Middle-earth miniatures will be officially returning to the range later this year, so you won't have to wait long to get your hands on them. Rumour also has it that these models held the arrival of something else for Middle-earth, but quite the, what that is remains hidden in the shadows for now. Now, those who are sort of more st- deeply steeped in the lore of, uh, sort of Middle-earth and obviously, the fact that Dolgordur is mentioned a few times in the Vanquishers and the Necromancer, this might allude to something to do with Dolgordur. Whether well that be. is necessarily Hobbit era or War of the Ring era, because obviously, um, at the beginning of the War of the Ring, Carmel uh, was in residence along with two other Ring Raves at Dolgordur. Yeah. And we know that um, Galadriel and Thranduil assaulted it mm-hmm. later on in the War of the Ring. And that would tie in. Roughly two events that were happening around Erebor at the time. Yeah. Who knows? But it's a possibly a little sort of, you know, 
little bit of an Easter egg or something potentially for something that's coming in the future. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's the first time they've kind of done a hint like that because even with the with the with the dwarves that were the last release, um, people made their own assumptions, didn't they? Um, and they, you know, they're pretty good assumptions that some, there's more to come because they mentioned two two models <laughs> profiles that don't exist yet. So we, you know, we, we, they mentioned um, Bard and, and 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 Bane, didn't they? But I think this is this is seems like it's something more than 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 that, doesn't it? Because um, you do get models that just come out on their own. So whether we're looking at some kind of um, joint supplement, maybe, or whether it's not the supplement everyone guessed was coming next. Um, but Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, either it way, may, it's relevant to my interest. Yeah, absolutely. They both are. So it may well be that they're, we've got a good idea now what the next two supplements are. Um, um, so maybe it's two smaller ones. Maybe it's one small one and one larger one. Maybe it's just one, one big one where they cover lots of stuff because if you could theoretically without knowing what else they might want to put in it if you follow the book timeline you're um the fall of the necromancer was after the battle of five armies wasn't it yes so you could theoretically have that all in one couldn't you um you could you could have the the dwarves and and, and all that kind of war in the north stuff and then you could also add the other stuff in as well it's like a bit of timeline that takes you from it's almost from the Hobbit area into Lord of the Rings. Um, who knows what they'll do? Um, I imagine it might be separate supplements, smaller ones. But the exciting thing is we we've, we now know that there are multiple eras, so to speak, potentially things coming along on, on more than one sort of focus. So we've got some things to be excited about, which is good. Always I would good. love it if they did something for the Hobbit era. Love it. Yeah, so would I. So would I. I think, um, I think a lot of people... We are expecting it to get some love soon. It still feels like there's a, a little bit of finishing off for the Lord of the Rings stuff, and I'd love them to then move onto the Hobbit stuff and, and do what they've done for the Lord of the Rings things. I don't think it would be as many books. I think you could do it quicker, but who knows what their plans are? They've got things outside their control. They've got you know who knows what will happen with this the film still and how they want to match those things up. Um, yeah, whether it's an official match up or just a, it, you know, cleverly releasing stuff that they have license for around the time of those things coming out. You want to, you want to ride up. We don't know when those films are coming out yet, do we? We, I'm sure. You know, we've talked about it before. I'm sure that. The oh, you mean the Amazon really, series? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm sure that the, the original. We, well, I've, I've mentioned it before on the show. So sorry for putting off. Well, I think there was. I, I again, it was listening to another podcast, a podcast that not not a gaming one, that's more of a law based one, but that basically said that the original license meant that they ha- would have had to have released something this year but who knows what kind of um things have been changed because of the the, the pandemic so um people have been a lot more sort of laid back about those things so you might have been they might have been able to get an extension to that because of the pandemic they've um, still been finalizing cast members this week so yeah but that's for later things isn't it because they yeah, because the what what they what we know they finished filming of was the original two part of it the tooth that's what's done mm. um and then after that there's been lots of guest directors isn't it you've seen like see, i don't know the name. i don't follow this enough but there's been a couple of names mentioned so i get the impression right. that the original uh um the original two-part bit has been filmed so i'm guessing that's at editing stage and then there's filming continues for the rest of it which is different directors for different um whether it's individual episodes or miniseries, it's that kind of it's that modern day theme thing, isn't it? A bit like you did have with um, Mandalorian and stuff like that. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you got started off. I mean, Soprano started that, which speaking of uh, the many saints of Newark is coming this year, which I is see, something yeah, I'm very excited about. That. I, I need to go and watch the Sopranos at some point. And, um, Everyone does. Everyone listening to this should go. I've watched the old episode for years and years ago, but it just never, I just wasn't the right time in my life to go into a big series at that point. I don't know why I didn't, but I've got no doubt I'll love it, but it's uh, finding the time to kind of... Perfect television, watching as far it. as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess with um, the Lord of the Rings series, I've distanced myself from it because it's dragging on that much now. I don't want to get burnt out on expectation for it and then not be bothered. I'd rather just leave it be, and then when it gets a bit closer to the time, get excited then. Yeah. Because only so long you can maintain a level of excitement. You know, I'm getting old now. I'm, so, I'm more <laughs> genuinely more concerned that it could... that. Games Workshop picking up the license could have uh, an unforeseen negative effect on the game we know now because of whatever licensing, if they had to split it up, so it was almost like two games, etc. if you couldn't cross the streams. I'm more concerned about that than whether I like the programs or not. Um, they'd be great if I like them, brilliant. If they don't like them, then, well, I've got those films and I've got the books and I've got all the stuff I need and love for Lord of the Rings anyway. So if there's additional stuff that's great and it makes it better, then brilliant. But I'm not going to be angry. animated Rohan. Yeah, film. it seems interesting. That's... But again, if, it, if it's if it's crap, I'm, I don't know why I whispered that. If it's not very good, um, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I'll be like, oh, that's a shame. But I'm not going to be, it doesn't. It doesn't concern me. My biggest concern, as I said, and I've said it a long time ago on the show, is that, you know, if they signed Games Workshop, signed a license, and why wouldn't you to produce a game? But if there were some clauses in that, that meant it couldn't use the same system and it was almost its own system um, to match the, the TV series. And that meant that resources put into that and this slowed down, then that w- I'd, I'd, would be sad. I'd rather have this continue. But um, I would totally, from a business point of view, would totally understand them going the other way. That's my biggest fear for this Amazon series is that it would affect this game in a negative way, not that the, the program won't be any good. Hopefully both things can happen and it can be blended into this game as just sort of a different age, a bit like The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings is now, um, and with new miniatures and things, but the rest continues and it gives you extra emphasis and money, which means they can go back and do things maybe that they maybe can't afford to now. So maybe they couldn't afford to redo plastics at the moment. Because it's just, you know, for the size of the game, maybe it's just too much um, to do. But maybe with money from the new sales, um, maybe they could go back and do some other things. Who knows? But, yeah, that would be my my biggest fear. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I echo those thoughts. So, to be fair, I, I kind of hope just GW don't don't touch it. <laughs> I really do. I just, they're, they're on a really good – they're on to a good thing at the moment. They're on a good pace. Good stuff's happening. <clears throat> quality of what's coming out is fantastic and i was around the first time around i saw them pile all the money into it and then the bubble burst and then gw in general had a few problems so i wouldn't want that for the sake of tying to a tv series i don't even know if i'm gonna like yet i think i think they probably learned from that though haven't they so that would that would certainly hope so that they would they would do it but they would they would do it in a way that they wouldn't they wouldn't allow it to affect the other parts of the business i think i think they're a different company now um and but I wouldn't I, want it to bin off Lord of the Rings as general either. But you also wouldn't want um <clears throat> you wouldn't want I don't know, Fantasy Flight picking up or something and into it eclipsing this um this game as well. So it's 
it's almost sometimes they'd almost be forced to go to bid for it, wouldn't they? Even if they thought it might be troublesome, yeah, who knows? The who fantasy flight models won't be as good. So no, they wouldn't. And if the TV program was a flop, and then it wouldn't matter. We'd all kind of be quite happy with it, wouldn't we? And we'd go and go and play our second age games with with the stuff that the GW could re-release within their own license, which would be quite yeah, a lot in some ways. We'd sweep under the carpet just like the uh, the Dark Souls game where it belongs. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, no. Maybe it'll be a, maybe someone will get it and it'll be some kind of awful Kickstarter thing. Um, Who any, knows? But, any, uh, anyway, should we move on? What? That is the news <laughs> and is... our uh, our interpretation and our thoughts on the news. <laughs> mm. 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 Definitely right, Dan. So, what have you been up to? Uh, we're relatively busy actually after a period of. Um, been a little bit lazy you, you say um, that but because of the just the gaps between our shows it's been about a month now the listeners are thinking what what laziness you took a week off probably or two weeks and then but you've done so much in between that you've still done more than <laughs> most people do in a month well there, there is that um yeah obviously during the period of because uh, i started my new job i can't remember if i had when we last recorded time has flowed it's been nearly a month already i've been there it's a month next week but um I was focusing a lot on that uh, to begin with. So um, most other aspects of my life suffered slightly uh, during those, that period. But then uh, I decided to sort of bite the bullet and get back to painting the Champions of Erebor because as far as I got with that, I think last time we spoke, I painted Bilbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then in the last week or so, I've painted the rest. I've just done the rest. <laughs> so they're all uh, they're all done, um, 14 of them. Um, they need basing. They have you got the bases uh, already, or is it are you? Uh... I have an enormous stack of bases. Uh, I, I did quite a large order with uh, with Matt Generation Shift, uh, and picked up loads and loads of stuff off him. Um, typically, I forgot a base. Uh, I forgot. A, I need another sixty mil because I need to base up my mortar as well uh, for my troll. So he's an absolute star. Once I told him, he was like, "Oh, you know, just pop me over some cash, and I'll pop it in the post for you tomorrow." I had that within a day or two of um, letting him know that I missed it. So awesome. from my mistake, he basically made good on something that wasn't his fault anyway no um, surprises so, there to be honest with cannot, you he's... cannot fault his service um once again they all turned up they're all brilliant so they're all cleaned up um they're all uh, i wash them i dremel them uh just basically because uh i magnetize my bases the way that a, uh, a resin pour works is obviously when you pour liquid into a vessel you get the meniscus on the sides where you get that slight curve up at the edges. Yeah. So um, that means that the flat of the base underneath isn't actually flat to the surface it's sitting on. So I dremel those off so it's completely flat on the bottom and then uh, put my mag- can sink my magnets in. So I've done all of that and I actually undercoated the bases for my Mordor this morning. So they're nice. to be done this weekend and then I'm going to move on to the Champions of Aerobore. Technically, I should be doing the champions, really, because they've all been working on recently, but the Mordor have been sat there too long, <laughs> so I need them done. Uh, so that's my next thing. Um, so that's all sorted. Um, also got the basis for my Uruk Scouts. I'm going to get those all painted up, ready for when I get the Uruk Scouts, so they can just go straight on. Uh-huh. Uh, I did my, based on my Frodo and Salmon Orc armor, I did actually vary, uh, vary from my original plan of doing the 60 mil and I actually put them on a... Um, a 40 mil and did it up to look like the Kirithungal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, that's on the social media, so people may have seen that already. It um, might have been lost I was, I do... on a bigger base thinking about it now. You'd have had to have um, 
put so much other detail on there that you would have lost focus from them. So you were building more sort of a larger diorama, but with, with, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was going to do some old camp um, and that I'll still do at some point, but uh, it would have involved a lot of 3d design work and um, printing off bits and pieces because I've got friends who've got kits and yeah, because a lot of the pre-made stuff, um, although it's nice, it seemed a bit big and a bit clunky for what I wanted. Um, so and I wanted them done. I wanted them finished, and I planned them in the cabinet. So I finished those off. And to be honest, it was just a nice little project to do. He kind of, you know, wet my whistle for getting back into um, doing a bit of painting. It seemed like an easy win, and sometimes you need that. So mm-hmm. that got done. Yep. I bought a new case because um, the Battle Streams in Middle Earth uh, Patreon group is having a meetup later this year. Uh, I decided I wanted a new case for it, so I bought an A case. Very and my nice wallet is. is still crying, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh, seriously expensive case. Um, I will do a review of it, uh, which will end up on the channel YouTube. Um, yeah, so, yeah. That'd be good. That'd be good to see. I've, I've seen a couple of... I think, I think Tom had one. I don't know if I've seen it in person or not, but they do look really cool. Um, I didn't know he had an eight case. I know he's got the... Um, something like the that. The battle oh, rack. No, his is the... Not the eight, yeah. Yeah, I've, oh, sorry. I've seen a couple of those sort of style magnetic ones. Um, yeah. And it's... Um, I look at it and I think... That would make sense because I magnetise all my armies as well. I've got a couple I haven't done yet, but they're, they're ones I would never take to an event or something. But um, uh, once once I start getting to, to go to a few events again, that would seem to be the, the sensible way of doing it for me as well um, at the moment. Yeah, because like I've got... Really useful boxes work okay, but um, at some point I may I may be tempted to treat myself especially if i do start doing a few events it won't be won't be this year but things even if i get back to my sort of four to six events a year kind of uh that was seemed seemed normal back in 2019 um then uh, then that would be that might be an idea because it does look good so i'll be interested in your review and what you really think of it and whether you think it's worth the money or and how it compares with you know the the cheaper alternatives of kind of making yourself yeah i mean i've got pretty much one of most things now i've also got various uh very useful boxes or similar star boxes of metal or magnetic sheets in the bottom i've got a gw crusade case i've got a load of chaos oh sorry kr aluminium phone cases various different bits and pieces but um this one from what i've been using it for so far does seem pretty good whether it's worth the money i've paid for it only time will tell yeah because it was it was not cheap for a gaming case it was <laughs> ludicrously expensive in fairness but uh so far, I'm quite pleased with it. So, um, yeah, I did pop up to Warhammer World uh, last weekend. Didn't actually end up buying. I nearly bought Smaug, uh, but I have I keep putting this off and there's going to be Nathan's going to be sat there somewhere going, mm. <laughs> but um, I will buy him. He just seemed a bit silly considering I um, still have things on the painting table. Seems to be one of those things that I think I'd rather just get than start and do. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll I... end up like everyone else's Smaugs, like Damien Smaug, who's still in the box swap. I think I went here years ago. He bought it. Yeah, but, mine was in the box for a while. But um, yeah, I think for you, you need to yeah almost clear a, a, a space and plan when you're going to do it. So you'll finish off a couple of projects and say, right, I'm going to I'm planning to do it when I finish this project, um, which I think will be just about then, and then buy it and, and do it as a thing. Um, that tends to be the way you work. So which is good. You, you've got a lot more restraint than than many of us who just have lots and lots of backlog you were you were taking the mick out of me a bit last night over messenger when you about my uh my, my backlog and versus yours but um entirely self-inflicted so <laughs> but the thing is this comes from a place where i i had a ludicrous backlog 
yeah. up to a couple of years ago to the point actually it was causing me a little bit of anxiety and stress mm-hmm. yeah. but you can't reach a point where you almost become snow blind there's too much stuff yeah yeah I'm, well i was there myself a few years ago um with lots of different systems and um without talking too much about the other things i do um my middle earth backlog is probably the chunky one and I don't, it doesn't give me any anxiety because it's Middle Earth stuff and I'm a collector of it, if that makes sense. So it doesn't, it yes. doesn't feel like, oh, I've got my, this 40k army and that AOS army and this massive army for this project. And then my other projects, apart from loads and loads and loads of tiny um, Americans of War guys, which is one big project, all of my other projects are, I'm doing it bit by bit. I'm not, I've not actually bought it all, or if I have bought it all, it's, it's relatively small, if that makes sense. So at the moment, I feel in control, if that makes sense. But um, but I oh, do. Course, but yeah. I'm well aware. I'm well aware how easy it is to get to the point when you you've bought too much and then you just need to throw it all away or sell it all to clear the decks. And um, it didn't, it never made me too anxious, but it definitely it definitely sort of you can, it can cause a bit of it causes you to not do your hobby sometimes if you feel like you got too much. Very there. much so. And I, I can feel myself sliding slightly at the moment. I've got a little bit too much, mm-hmm. not necessarily within Middle Earth because I have properly clear the decks on that i've only got probably about five or six models to paint yeah at the moment outside of basing i do need to get some eric scouts but uh, i am i have a cursed city i've not started you yeah. know um i've still got an entire horus heresy army that's sat there half done that i just can't be bothered with um, yeah you bought you bought me nazis um <laughs> well you've got one box of those and that'll it's be 30 of the bit of box though. <laughs> i know there's 30 in the box but that you got to think of it also sometimes if that's like a 20 quid box it's not like it's not like oh, you, it's I not a, think about. it's not a massive investment's worth of stuff there, and if you never do it, you never do it. It's it's, it's don't, don't. That's the thing. I can put some stuff away and go. Well, there's not a lot of money invested in that. Um, I can put that away for one day, and it doesn't cause an issue. I think the only time that in the last year or so that I've felt like oh, I really want to get that done would be when we we obviously this postponed Helm's Deep game and yeah. looking at the massive. Um, uh, Defenders of Helm's Deep Army that I've built and primed and, and pre-shaded actually for pre-highlighted, ready to go. And um it got to the point where because things were delayed, I didn't want to do it. And I do want to do it, and that project will happen. There's no doubt that I will want to do it. But it got to the stage when that's the only time I think since I've been doing this system and in the last few three or four years, I suppose, out of all systems that I felt like I'm doing this project and I want to put it on pause. And I and that's why I'm gonna do the Ents next when I finish Malk because I thought, or well, we chatted about it, didn't we? And I said, what I really want to do is do the Ents. And then you just do the Ents. And then you're right. So I'm going to concentrate on doing the projects I want for this year. And then I can go back to that what I'm enthused to do it again. Because what was happening is I was delaying starting it probably because I didn't want to do it because I wanted to do something else. So um, you got to sometimes just do what you want. And that's yeah. uh, that's the important thing and a lesson for everyone. But Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't want to get my um, I'm on hand done. Just built now, and I want that. There. I just need to get down the train shop and get the other bits and pieces I need for that. Mm. That'd be cool. Some of those I'm, I'm looking um, forward to parish rock formations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to you to hosting the game as well, which is it's something that you'll be able to do. So it's a, a different project for you. We won't be in lockdown anymore, but we still will have enough distance between us that we can't meet, especially with me having a family. As in, a, yes, we, we've both got families, you know what I mean? But me having a at home yeah. family. You have a family um, you're responsible for. I, yeah, I don't have I just, to, they're, they're big enough and ugly enough to get on with themselves. And yours is a bit different. <laughs> if we were both, you know, in the same sort of situation as you are, then we'd probably be meeting up every other weekend for games and things. But we just can't, we can't do that. And we, 
we've been up to do record stuff, videos for the channel and all kinds of things. But we almost have to plan months and months in advance just for me to find a weekend otherwise not working on a Saturday and things. So we can do it. So it's all good fun. That's an interesting segue. Do you want to pick up about that? Oh, about you mean the sort of, yes, absolutely. So I suppose it's linked to the meetup as well for the Battle Games in Middle Earth meetup, which um, I I can't go to because there's already some, that's a a Saturday and there's, I'm already doing something on on a Saturday in that month. And that generally, because my wife's work is, she works most Saturdays. It just means I'm with the kids and that's it. I'm stuck. Um, So we are, in October, we are having we're running a table at a small convention called CrackCon. It's a brand new thing. Um, so a few a few of you will have remembered a couple of shows ago. And I mentioned I was a guest on um, Miniature Wargaming Warriors uh, YouTube channel, and him and uh, was Ken and uh, three other guys have a podcast. They've all got YouTube channels, and then they run a podcast, which is a YouTube podcast called the Plastic Crap Podcast, which is a bit like Battle Streams in some ways, that laid back kind of chat thing. And they do those on a Monday night, um, and they sort of picked up a following over the last sort of eighteen months or so. Um, and they sort of it's mainly historical gaming based, but a few of them do, you know, some historical games and things. It tends to be away from the GW focus most of the time. Um, they a few of them have dabbled in they've all come from the background to that kind of stuff. But uh but anyway they're doing a what a small one day convention in Derby at well, Dan tell me the name of the shop, which I know it, but uh, I've immediately got Balls and Swords. That's it, Balls and Swords in, in, in Derby. Um it's good job I can remember that, because that would have been awkward. <laughs> he just went as I was, I was, as I was saying it there. Um, so they're doing a small one-day convention. The tickets haven't gone on sale yet. We don't know how big it's, it could be. Very, very small. I really don't know yet. But we were invited to to you know have a table there and have a display game for Middle Earth. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to have a. We'll have to get up, get some out of the frying pan t-shirts finally made which still haven't got around to doing it um we'll have to get those finally made and we'll be there doing a display game should we say what we're going to do because i think we we decided on it didn't we i think we should because that will make us do it yes that's a good show <laughs> um so because i'm only going to be painting my ants after the after smaug and that might take a little while um we're going to be doing the oh, i don't know what's the what's the scenario called or are we going to kind of do our own what's it i don't know what the official name for it is i can't remember but essentially it's the breaking of isengard yes yeah well it's um i was just watching the last battle stream it was on replay on uh monday or tuesday i think it was monday and that was covered slightly wasn't it about the, the breaking of the dam and things so i was looking at that yes. and thinking maybe we should do a bit of a hybrid scenario where we're um breaking dams and uh, attacking Isengard. Um, so it works well with you painting up a few um, Uruks and things to, to add to it. Um, you, you've got a small project for that to do, and uh, I can always paint up a few as well. And then they can also be reused when we do do Helm's Deep, which is going to be a 2022 project for us now. Um, and I can or use... Helm's Deep. <laughs> <laughs> and I can, yeah, keep, keep kicking the Helm's Deep can down the road. And then... And, I'll be working on the ends for it soon. It means that I will get those done in time for it as well. Whether I've got the full display board that I was planning for Throne of Skulls done by then, I don't know. But as long as the ends are, as long as it's fully planned and the ends are finished, should be a good thing to do. We wanted something that wasn't too many models, so that if people want to come and join in. You know, we're kind of representing the game, I suppose, aren't we? So there might, might be no one there. We really don't know how big it's going to be, but I'm just 
happy to go down and and we can play a game and have a few beers etc etc but he does we'll, we'll entertain ourselves if no one else yeah well the, the i you know the guys are great that uh, that do the podcast and things so then you know, and a couple of them play middle earth a bit so there's uh it's it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be fun to do anyway and there will be some there will be quite a lot of people to turn up i imagine but just we're not talking stuff in an event hall here we're talking about a mini a mini one day or in a in a game store um in terms of scale, but it's still cool to go along and do that. Um, I might take some other bits along with me as well if they need me to. Some of the historical stuff I've been doing, but uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it because we're gonna we're gonna obviously build the board to do the display game, which should be fun. I've already decided without telling you that that this will be. We need more tables for Flotsam and Jetsam next year, so um, I like my theme tables. So I'm gonna make sure that if I'm gonna spend time building a board, I'm gonna make sure make sure that it, it can be used in way one way or another for one of the tables for Lotsam and Jetsam as well. So um that'll be cool. Um it'll be one more board off the list for next year as well. Um yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. So I will come back as they release tickets and stuff. We will mention it on the show and get a bit more of a shout out. But uh, we haven't been able to uh, kind of announce it before because they uh, they've only just announced it themselves, and I didn't know whether we were allowed to say that we were going. But we are. But that's why I unfortunately because it's a week before, isn't it, or two weeks before? I think it's two weeks before. Uh, week or two, yeah. yeah two weeks before. Either way, it's close uh, enough. There's a problem. Yeah, I just say it just means that um, I can't go, which is a bit. A bit poo, really, because I'd like like to go and do the battle streams meet up. But um, I mean, if something changes, I can go. I might I'll come along and say hello to everyone. It'll be too late to join in the the little mini event that uh, that, that Sophie's planning and stuff, um, and and get the food and all the rest of things. If I'm but if I'm suddenly free and I can jump in the car, then I then I will. Um, but um, I imagine it will be be a no, um, which is a shame. But we'll cross our fingers and you know, buy your point. Yeah, well, if I'm driving down, I'll be driving back. If I do get to sneak down, it'll be just a flying visit, probably. So you can buy me a pint of Coke. Um, <laughs> cheap, cheap date, I'm fine with that. <laughs> never fun. I might even have a... That's the thing. If I if I just had my eldest, my six-year-old, I'd pop down for a few hours and he could, he'd love to, you know, come and see some people playing games and things. But, um, yeah, I also have a crazy two-year-old and uh, I wouldn't want him anywhere near anyone's models because he's... Um, He's he's uh, he's feral, um, <laughs> but um, that's pretty much it, isn't it? I suppose I haven't said what I've been doing. Um, um, well, I went on another stream for that, on that same guy's channel on Ken on Ken's channel. Um, so I think a couple of guys came over and and, and joined that again. I didn't advertise it at all. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of signed off from the stream afterwards that I realised he posted it in the in the out of the frying pan group. So a few thanks for those of you who did come over. Sorry if all you are quite a few of you asked questions that that weren't answered. I didn't have any control over what pops up on the screen, and I wasn't looking at the chat half the time. So um, me not being used to stream, so a few of you uh, I did miss a few questions and things. Um, but it wasn't my show, you know. I, I wasn't the host. So thanks for you who joined, popped over, and, and watched the stream. There wasn't much middle stuff in it. It was. And because the because the audience is um, you know sort of not really deep into Middle Earth, when he did ask me questions, I kept it very kind of um, over audience friendly. So a proper Middle Earth crowd probably wouldn't have found it very interesting. But I talked about lots of different stuff, including all the historical soldiers and bits no, of I stuff I've been doing. Along. It was quite quite, quite interesting. I, I did enjoy it. So uh, yeah. do my bit as I always do for positivity. And uh, as for, for these um, years of standing up for for, for Games Workshop and people to get negative. Of, 
about them for the <laughs> for the sake of it. I found myself doing it recently for Warlord Games, who are the Warlord Games Workshop of the historical games market. They get big and successful, and people get a bit angry about them for for unfair reasons sometimes. So, you know, call them out when they do stuff wrong, but sometimes it's just a bit just a bit ridiculous um but never mind hey never mind um, yeah what well, we're on the subject i mentioned now someone so the, today dan is the date that the the one of the um uh, vat changes for the sending stuff into the eu um yes so quite um, a few score, companies oh. isos or ios or something like that that's um and quite a few companies are adding especially smaller games companies are adding minimum minimum orders to to eu customers now there's been a bit of anger about it because customers are like well i don't want to pay minimum orders it's that or they put your 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 um, shipping charges up by about 15 pounds because that's what all the couriers are being forced to charge to deal with the tax. So people are getting really um, angry with these companies. And you know, I just, I don't know, I just see it from a slightly different point of view. It's like they're not, they're, they're trying to, they're, they're not passing on that shipping cost to you, but trying to recover their own losses by giving you a minimum order so they're not making a loss. Because if someone pops along and buys a £15 item, pays £10 shipping and then the £15 is completely wiped out by the £15 charge that the courier is going to give them on top of the chipping that they're... It's, um, yes. Anyway, it's probably a different not a subject yeah, for we've this all show. got friends. I mean, you used to do that when uh, Fordroid used to have like a £175 minimum order charge. You, you club together, don't you? You find ways around it. I, I think, to be honest, moaning about that kind of thing is a bit much when there's people who haven't been able to sort their settlement status and they're going to have problems working in the UK from today. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't trying to get into a... a, a well, that's, that's my po- job at the moment. It directly affects what I do. Thing about it. Um, it's happened, but um, it was more of a point of, regardless of why it's happened, it's more of a point of, I don't think it's always the company's fault no. that these these things are changing really and uh, i think the companies get a bit of a raw deal and it's always like well they're trying to make more money out of us and uh, i can understand why people are annoyed they don't want to do a minimum order but there are reasons for it sometimes that are beyond the control it's a nightmare as well i was reading up on it today because i didn't know enough about it it's not it's not easy to understand <laughs> and i got an nope. email from interparcel who are a, like a broker who you can book different couriers through that i use for my business and an email today and the charge is different for different EU countries as well. So yep. from France, it's like £8.25. Germany, it's nearly £15 on top. And it's just like... Poland's heavy. Whoa. Poland's just, very heavy. I've got for £44 on that case. Yeah. Well, that's that. what we're talking about charges when you're sending from the outside of the EU oh, into the EU. Yeah. This is what this is about. But that's that's a different thing. That's a, that's yeah. similar, but it's also um, not the not the ISOS thing I'm talking about at the moment. No. Minefield. Minefield. It'll take us a long time before this all seems normal and people people are used to it. And, but, you know... It will take, we'll get used to it. Anyway, we've had everything today in this opening ramble, haven't we? We've had we've had a sort of politics. We've had a pandemic. It's been like the real news, just just like UK oh, news. Like have I got GB news? For you, news. More like. We've been smoother than GB news. There we go. <laughs> Well, then hopefully more people listen to us in the MASH report anyway. <laughs> anyway, let's, well, we're going to upset some people with this this show. Let's, um, let's no, I still haven't said what I've been doing, have I? I'm swearing in this show. I've done quite a lot more in Smaug, actually. I've been, um, there's proper paint on him now. Proper paint, even more since the video, that I put a short video up. Um, I've started painting the base, but there's some there's some red on him as well now as well. So um, it's nice to finally get to that stage. So watch this space. There will be more. I don't. I don't think I want to 
talk about any more at the moment and bore people anymore we've had a very very long opening ramble so let's let's let people go and i'll uh, talk more about smaug painting when i've actually done it and i can give more of a kind of a full experience chat anyway so let's take a break and we'll come back with listener questions the hour grows late and bland of grey plastic comes seeking my counsel. You are sure of this bland elf? Yes, the event is fully painted. It was in the event pack, under my nose the whole time. Yet you did not have the wit to see it. Your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, bland elf. The commission painter, we must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours. Miniature Realm Studio is a commission painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com. You have elected the way of paint. And we're back again, and this is Listener Questions. Um, looking forward to this. Um, thank you. First off, thank you, everyone, for your for responses and coming back and actually giving us questions. It would have been quite embarrassing if there was just two or something and we had to get our mums involved. And, and the sensible the, ones, the anyway. Question from the cat and, you know, that all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, Meg says, Dan, when are you going to change my litter? And, and could you stop getting that? tuna food because it's not very nice please um but no we thanks for thanks very much for the questions if we have missed anyone sorry we, we genuinely think we've got everyone's i think there's maybe one that someone asked exactly the same question so you might not be credited it might be the first person that asked the question that's credited so just to yeah you're, you're, there is one i think we frederick asked it first and someone else asked pretty much the same question so we've not repeated it so sorry about that but if we've missed any others we generally missed you about it. it's, it's an accident and an oversight it's not because we we couldn't be bothered we think we've gone through all the different social media we've even i even added one the other day that came in after the deadline but we had to move our recording from tuesday to thursday so you that person got in anyway um but yeah so thanks very much for all the questions let's let's get into it let's get into it so questions this is the only bit that confuses me dan as much as you've done an amazing job on these notes you've put who they're from at the bottom of the questions so um, I think you set precedent because you loaded the first question to the Google Doc. Did so you been that That'll be my father. <laughs> uh, dear. Right. Well, I'm an idiot there. Right. So the first question is from Don and Andrew. So that is our fellow podcasters from um, north of the Shire in Canada. Hopefully not in the hot pot. Um, so hi, Dan and Stu. Here's a question for you next episode. If you two guys were transported into the world of Lord of the Rings and therefore MSSBG. Which of these famous duos would you choose to be and why? Merry and Pippin, Legolas and Gimli, Mirren and Drar, Eladan and Elro, Elro here, or big fans of the, or other, sorry, I'm big fans of the show, love it, keep content. Right, so mm, what do you think? Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. I think we're both a bit tall for Merry and Pippin. Yeah, well, I think most of the the the, the, the real population are down for Merry and Pippin. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Have you met Dyson? <laughs> <laughs> um, mm, I don't know. I don't know if we absolutely. I don't know if we fit any of those. We're definitely not graceful enough for the elves, are we? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I am no longer graceful. I may have been graceful in my youth. Um, I don't know what duo will be a bit. I've tried not to go and I've scanned these, but I've tried not to think of the answers because I wanted them to be a bit sort of um, spontaneous. But also, if we're spontaneous, I can't 
what is wrong with me? Spontaneous. But also by not preparing, we might end up with a lot of unanswered questions. Radio um, silence. Yeah. I, I, I've never really given it too much thought in that respect. I suppose part of me thinks Murun and Dra. But. Uh, yeah, well, you're. You, you, I'm guessing they might both be a bit grumpy. You could be a bit grumpy sometimes, can't you? I can be very grumpy sometimes. I can be grumpy when it's five o'clock in the morning and the kids annoy me, but I don't I don't think anyone anyone from the war game community sees me grumpy, to be honest with you. Um so <laughs> I I'm always drawn to Merry and Pippin, but they just probably because they're my favourite duo in that list. I don't think there's anything necessarily about them that's like I don't know actually. I think in terms of drinking and eating, they probably suit me more than anyone else. I definitely don't have any. That's uh, probably true. Don't have any cool fighting skills, um, and so um, so if we do it by default, we we become them just because we are the the, the least likely to win a fight out of any of that group. <laughs> <laughs> probably, and uh, yeah, it does suit. Uh, I, I do quite enjoy the smoke, so uh, the old pipe weed and that. So I yeah, why not? I, I used to when I was allowed to. I didn't get in trouble. Um, <laughs> So I think should we should we say that's our answer. Thank you very much, Don and Andrew, for for the question. And I we love your show. Well, I, I definitely love your show. I think Dan's been listening recently as well. So. I've listened to yes. Um, I'm way way behind. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, my podcasting recently has been mostly Jay Rayner because I didn't realise he'd done more, and I've been catching up. So, but uh, what I've listened to, I very much enjoyed. So, but like you said to us, please do keep up the uh, good work. Fantastic. Right then, Dan. Next one. Go for it. So I get the long one. So uh, Michael Haskell uh, emailed us in and he actually sent us about five five questions, I think he sent in. (laughs) So um, to start, and this seems appropriate, I'll be interested to know a bit more about Stu's situation. (laughs) I surmise that most of his work is painting, though some may be uh, assembly. How does he handle work painting and own hobby painting, no matter how much you might enjoy it? I have thought it might be a motivational struggle at times to do your own hobby painting after a day of doing it for work, which has been the commission, which has been most challenging and why, which has been the most, the commission that has been the most enjoyable and why. So this one is all about you. Yeah. And just, just for listeners, that's not the five questions. That's just one of the five. That's questions. one of the five questions. <laughs> no, it's I'm joking, joking aside, Mark, it's brilliant. And these, there's some really good questions. Oh uh, yeah. Um, insightful. So my situation, so I'm married with, you know, um, it's, when I started doing it, it was something that was, was part-time, so I didn't really give it a lot of thought. Um, and it was just a good way of making a little bit of money and, and was very flexible with, with family life and and was just a complete departure for what I was doing before, which was retail uh, management in a sales environment and then doing regional HR and, and driving around doing disciplinaries and things amazingly. So this is a complete change of what I did before. Um, and, yeah, so... I didn't really plan it in that sense. And then as I started doing it more and more, I did have concerns that it would take up all my own hobby time um, and that I'd have burnout and all those all those kind of things that you find a lot of people that work within the industry get. Um, but it didn't really materialise. Um, there are times when I do lose hobby time. That's that's for sure. And that's happened a lot earlier this year, as we talked about on the, on the show, and that's been related to COVID and having kids off so that I'd ended up working um, in my own free time. Um, so occasionally when I have to work in my own free time, I do lose hobby time from it. And it is a pain when you sit in the desk and you want to do something else. But no, I never. it's never had a problem. Never had a problem with it 
kind of taken away my motivation. I've never got to the end. I could I could sit painting something all day, go and have dinner, put the kids to bed, and still be enthused enough about the, all my own personal projects that I want to go and paint. It doesn't enjoy. It doesn't take away my enjoyment. So. I don't know if that other commission painters like that or not, but it's never never hurt that. And I've been doing it for you know five odd years now, so five, five plus years. So I don't think it's suddenly going to happen. Um, cool. Let's go back over the multi parts of that question. Um, most challenging commission? I really don't know. Um, there are, in terms of challenging, in terms of just the long, laborious jobs. Some some of the newer Games Workshop models are hard because there's so much detail on them, um, even on the standard troop models. So when you're looking at, I'll give you an example, the 40k Death Guard models, the new ones, the, every single individual Marine um, has, has got more detail on than, than hero models or character models from a few years ago. And they just take so long because of that. And that could be challenging because people don't want to pay ridiculous amounts per model for their, for their troops. It becomes The price becomes unwieldy. Um, but you've also got that time benefit as well. So you're trying to keep price down, but you're trying to, you know, paint all the detail. And you're trying, to, so that's where the I find the job becomes challenging. Um, it's just sometimes very, very highly detailed models that you know you could spend a day painting just one one trooper, but that doesn't work with the business and doesn't work with what people can afford. So that's where that becomes challenging. So maybe it's not one individual project, but that kind of thing. Um, dum, 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 um most enjoyable. Oh, it changes. And sometimes it's just having a little refresher, something that's a bit different. And I've been my last the 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 work I'm doing at the moment are some uh, fantasy ships for someone someone quite well known that from, for listeners of this podcast. And um and the one I did before that was um was an, an AOS Gloom Spite um gets um um commission and that they're just different from what I've been doing recently. So sometimes it's just a change to just a bit of a refresh. So if you've done lots and lots of power armour and probably 70% of my commissions are Space Marines or Heresy or Titans and things, which I'm very comfortable doing, but it's nice to have a little bit of a change where you're not getting on the oil washers and things. Is that That's all of them, isn't it? I think I've answered Yeah, it is all of them. Cool. Sorry if that took too long. Right. Um, next part of it, Dan, do you want to carry on so, with the Michael Ask Yeah, question? go on. Um, what percentage split would you give to the collecting, painting, and gaming spectrum? So, uh, yeah, you go first. Oh, more, more me talking. So I can answer this one. Used... <laughs> um, I think it's it, well, it's a little bit skewed at the moment, isn't it? So let's talk. Let's forget pandemic. Um, I probably still it's probably still only twenty twenty five percent is the actual gaming part. Um, collecting oh, fairly even collecting and painting so they're probably it's probably 40 collecting and then 40 painting 20 gaming i suppose i don't know around that around there just changed slightly but i definitely collect and paint and hobby side more than the actual gaming side of it a lot of that's time. A lot of that's enforced by family time, though. That's just because of the opportunity to do it. So I fill my hobby time with doing the bits I can do, and that may that that may be different if I was in your situation, Dan, where I was, you know, lived, shared a house with a with a with another gamer, and have more evenings where I could just invite people around to play. I'd probably play a lot more. It's not I don't want to play, um, but if I could only do one of them, it would be the the painting side of things. Yeah, you see, um, you are very much a collector. Um, I am not so much. I 
I enjoy collecting. I have obviously that collector gene. I think anyone who's involved in this hobby does. I think that's why we stay in it, uh. really. Uh, but I'd say that's about 20%. Gaming's probably about 10% for me. I can, if I want to do it, and it's a game that I'm interested in, then I'm then I'm really into it. But otherwise, I can take or leave it. I'm not bothered. Um, so that's probably about 10%. So I'll say about 70% for me is painting. Painting is very much my hobby. Yeah, I, I love it. it, it it's a, a perfect way of getting away from every other aspect of my life. Um, even the good things, because sometimes you need a break from that, so you enjoy them more as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a painter. I'd say 70, uh, 20, 10 in regards to painting, collecting, and then gaming. Because like, unlike you, I don't just buy everything. I mean, you, you like to have it. But, you know, I've already said you want one army or everything, whereas yeah, I don't. Yeah. Well, I want what I want. Yeah, I, I suppose as a little sort of addition to that is the way I answered that is is probably in terms of the importance of it. In terms of time spent, the painting would, would take up, you know, the collecting is would be a short amount of time because it doesn't take long to accrue, accru- you know, to click buy. Um, no. So in terms of the actual time spent on it, you know, it'd be 10% of the time collecting and, and, and purchasing things and uh, the painting would be right up there at 70. But in terms of the, the mix of the overall kind of... Um, would be the way I said earlier. But anyway, let's move on to the yes, next one. I think mine the same for both uh, importance and also time spent. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, the the next question from him was, and not MESPG related necessarily, but in terms of the genres, historical period you especially love, what are the things which happen that really give you a buzz or inspire you, e.g. a manufacturer producing beautiful new figure ranges, new editions slash law, special tournament tournaments with uh, the camaraderie, Beautifully painted miniatures regularly appearing uh, on Facebook or pages of magazine. So this one's a bit of a bit of an interesting one. You go, go for it. Well, to be fair, in terms of um, you know, I'm a GW gamer. Really, I I don't really play anything by anyone else. Um, you know, to each their own. I've tried other things. I've played a bit of War Machine. I've um, you know, I bought a few books and stuff for Drop Zone Commander and all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously, you've you've got me some bolt action bits, which I've always been quite interested in, and I, and I love um, history in general. But in, in terms of a desire to play, yeah, it's predominantly GW stuff. Um, I think if they did certain other, you know, if they did like a really good Conan game, maybe it'd have to be done as like a box set, like a you know, like they did the Silver Tower, the Warhammer Quest, but like Conan, that would be cool. I'll be I'll be up for that. I'm sure, so Robbie Howard and stuff. What happened to that? I'm sure there was a Kickstarter for that. It probably was, and maybe their models weren't good enough. I'm, I'm led by models, and mm. unfortunately, no one makes as good models as GW on a mass basis, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's where it comes from for me. So yeah, um, in terms of what gets me excited and and, and gets me into things, um, I don't I don't know. My 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 whims are slightly capricious. I, I what will take my fancy one week is different to the other. So things will just grab me here and there. I can't really answer that question with any thing. Sometimes, you know, I'll be sitting in, in bed and I'm, I'm about to doze off and I'm watching whatever on telly and a little thought for an army or something will pop into my head. Or someone was talking about the Phobos pattern space marines the other day. I was thinking, Raven Guard army. That that kind of thing just happens. Little neurons yeah. fire and you think, oh, army. And then you have to put it away again before you hemorrhage hundreds of pounds out of your bank account. <laughs> so yeah that's how my mind my, 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 i've got a grasshopper hobby mind i'd say for me but predominantly that grasshopper hops around in the back garden of games workshop yeah yeah i i think the way you summed up probably 
would would be the same for me as well. I think all of those things at times can have an effect. Probably less so special tournaments, um, the camaraderie. I think that becomes part of it, but um, it's not the original trigger because I'm more likely to start a project because of one of the other things and then look for the event or the way to um, engage with people afterwards. So because those things tend to, you know. They tend to exist for nearly all game systems or periods, etc. Um, so new additions and and you put stroke law. I mean, they can be can be different for me. They would be different things, but a new addition can sometimes tempt me, um, especially more in the past. I think I'm always been a sucker for a star box, and uh, I wasn't very close to getting the AOS one. But those models are, are beautiful, so I did. It wasn't one of those. I'm definitely not going to get it. I did kind of stop and think. They're nice, you know, but I thought, no, I just, I've got to really want to play the game. So it was quite a quick rejection. But so those kind of things do. But yeah, the same as you, Dan, it'll be something. And it could be an historical period for me for one of my historical projects. I like lots of different historical things. Or it could be, like you said, some law for an existing game or reading a book or watching a film. So many things could do it. And yes, even beautifully painted miniatures that can appear, especially if there's a new release and the, the official, um, artwork for for the release of miniatures is good enough sometimes that can can draw me in as well so all of the above i'm afraid yeah it's just i think um books are a big deal for me as well the black library gets me like that i always want to do a new army that's probably why they do it for yeah. being cynical but <laughs> oh yeah sometimes I'll, I'll have to be very careful what i listen to when i say read i listen to stuff when i'm working because um something can inspire me and i'll be careful not to you know i try to fill my listening or viewing time with what I'm working on at that time rather than listening to something new and making me want to go and change my project midway through. So sometimes I do kind of censor myself by uh, not looking at things that will distract me, knowing that I want to do multiple periods or multiple game systems and things. I have to be a little bit... Yeah, the Hobbit focused. movies are terrible for that by me. Oh, I just want to do a new army every time I watch that Blooming Trilogy. Luckily for me, those films just inspire the whole game for me. It doesn't seem to sort of make me necessarily want to do another. But but yeah, I need to I, I need to be careful about say I don't know if I went and watched last time I watched when all the Star Wars films came out when Rogue One came out and that was oh Legion yeah, yeah. exactly it's, it makes you start thinking about playing Legion but then it's kind of like no so you just I, sometimes I have to be a little bit kind of say no just watch it and enjoy I, mean, I was able to watch the mandalorian without having any urges to go and pick up some stuff so it's all good um, right then next next part if gw were to do another magazine like the uh d'agostini series what would you like to see done differently um it's difficult because i think they're guided by their times aren't they um i don't think you'd i don't think you'd you just wouldn't see it. So I find it very hard to kind of give it a critique and say, do this differently. Um, I think they were absolutely brilliant. And in many ways, I think they're better than the, the newer versions that are designed to do something very, very different. So I, can't, I don't know. Yeah. I find it hard to visualize what I want them to do better. Cause I think if they did it again now, then it wouldn't be as good. And it wouldn't be for me. No, I'd still I'd buy it if it, was going to watch, if it was if it was Lord of the Rings related. I'd still buy it, but I can't imagine it having the same feel and the same kind of um, charm that um, Battle Games of Middle Earth did. Um, be, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what it, what they're doing. You could do something with the the new series, so to speak. Um, but again, it'd just be a collector's thing, wouldn't it? I just don't know what they do with the releases that would wouldn't be 
aimed at a 12 up kind of market and if it was aimed at 12 up market then you'd probably be missing the detail that would really kind of draw us in and in, in anything more than the collector space so it's not really answer the question but i do find it hard, hard to visualize it so i like the others as they were yeah so i was never really fussed about them the first time round at all um and i think for me the, the, the best thing to come out of it was the battle streams yeah really yeah but the, aside from that i'm just not that not, not that fussed i think they they did exactly what they should have done and from doing their reviews as part of the scenarios that we've done mm. i enjoy them for what they are so if it ain't broke don't fix it <laughs> i mean I, I could be wrong but i could um i could be i, I don't think there's many part works out there that there's uh podcasts and youtube channels talk about and analyze in detail and and the whole series those things are generally when they're not linked to a games company as well they're generally designed aren't they to sell the first few editions knowing that people not many people will carry on to do the whole lot um so the fact that that so many people have got the full set and, and want the full set then um yeah i think it's a little bit different but yeah it's they're amazing i just don't I think they're different different these days yeah definitely and uh finally from from michael if GW ever stops supporting MESPG, as seemed a possibility a few years back, uh, do you think you'd still continue to play the game and what would be the influencing factors? Um, yes, I think I would. I don't think there's, there's any danger of that. Um, I've got a lot of stuff already. Um, I think there was a sign of it. I would look to pick up lots and lots more and put it into storage so that when the whim came to a particular army, um, I would be able to do it. Um, in some ways, this is... You know, it'd be it would be really sad, wouldn't it? But but communities do continue. You saw that, well, you see that with a lot of the old GW compu- communities. So look at how Blood Bowl continued for years in the wilderness. The yeah, your epic communities have continued. People still play Warmaster. They're a lot smaller than than you know. You know, people are still playing Fantasy, aren't they? So these things can continue. Um, so I would I would absolutely continue to play the game. My my love of Lord of the Rings isn't going anywhere. My my collecting for Lord of the Rings isn't going anywhere. Um, so yeah, I don't think I don't think I would be put off too much. And I think I continue to play more narratively or loose, you know, loose based games. So I I don't know. I don't think anything would would put me off. It'd just be a shame not to have new releases, though. But when you don't have that, then you do feel more open to go and buy third party models, I suppose. So. Um, people can go and kind of expand in that sense. Yeah, it's very true. So I don't know. I, I probably would, but I think a large part of my collection would get moved on, and what's left would probably be cut right down and, and go live in a box and come out occasionally. I don't think it would occupy the same space in my hobby as no. it does now if it was no longer supported by GW. As sad as that sounds to say. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense, and, and I imagine a lot of people are like you is that they. They like the the constant releases and things. Whereas, <clears throat> I could I could see a a, a a time where I feel that the the books they've got at the moment feel like quite a complete set or semi complete. If they if they if they added two more Lord of the Rings era and then a couple of Hobbit era ones, it felt like it was you could say like this is a pretty complete edition, so to speak. Um, and most of the models are there. If you had it all. There's a, there's a lot of room, I'd say, for, you know, sort of cycling through, collecting the different factions and playing lots of different parts of the films and books. So for me, there's enough there to play it as a lover of all the rings. In terms of as a as a game that maybe you could record a podcast about or go to events and things, that it probably might not be that for me anymore. It's more of a kind of a... Um, it'd be more like some of the historical games I play, to be honest with you. It's more of that kind of background thing that you you... 
<coughs> go and pick up when you when you're in the mood to play that sort of era. It becomes a historical thing, doesn't it, rather than a evolving meta. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Cool. Right then. Uh, um, next one, Frederick Schultz. Um, will you ever get a merch page? And when can I buy out of the podcast? Uh, frying pan. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, I still pop. Um, that would be cool, wouldn't it? If we could make this. Out of all of the, we have we have got a merch page. We need to go and find out the um, password and actually get it sorted. It's one of the things that it's not Sam's fault, but it's one of the things that Sam was setting up and that we deliberately put on hold because um, we didn't want to be one of those podcasts that kind of leave three episodes and then put out the merch. Um, but we probably have been going long enough now that enough people are asking us for it that it, it won't hurt to get one done. So that's going to be put on our to-do list. Um, and things like, you know, dice and stuff like that, that was something I'll need to, need to sort out as well. It might be something to look at next year because it may not be fun to have some for the event. Uh, they're not cheap to do, so we'll have to look at a way of funding that maybe. Um We'll see. We'll have to work out the way of financing it. But there will be, in terms of actual frying pan, unfortunately, I don't think any of those merch sites offer them. You can usually get bedspreads, posters, clocks, mugs. Never seen a frying pan. Um, though you could, you what, we could do a if, sticker that you, you could stick on event, a frying pan. I'll make you one. I'll make you one. Frederick, if you come to a, one of our events, come over to England and come, and, and like, you, you're absolutely definitely going to come. I will make you one. That's I'll make that tell- solemn promise to you now. Tell him to come to an event in, oh, next year that we might not have any tickets for, and um, and uh, we'll buy you uh, a pan and stick Why do I say it with confidence? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I I maintain that if he if he ever makes it to one of our events, I will I will sort it. I will make him one of those frying pans. You might not be able to cook in it. No, because the, the sticker would definitely burn off if you. Uh, um... I'd paint it on. I'd be nice, but yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> last. So, but um, yeah, we are working on. Um, the, the merch, the obviously we we did uh, sort of a bit of mucking about with that, and um, the T-shirt that we gave away at the competition at the beginning of the year was done from the designs we've created. It is coming. Yeah, just it hasn't exactly been the time for it. No, and we it was just, as we've we've got no real drive to. We've we've not been trying to cover our costs. That might be something we look to do. Um, it's not a lot. There any the real cost is is just the hosting, which isn't a huge amount of money. So, but it, I suppose we we do enough that that even just selling a, a few bits and bobs or cover the hosting would be nice. We're not knocking anyone that does patrons and things. We said it before. We may well do it ourselves in the future, but it's just not something that we're um we we've, we thought of. Um, and if we do it, we want to be able to have a good benefit for doing it. Um, so and whether that's some podcasts and things do extra shows and stuff, I don't really feel that's us. I don't want to, I don't want to put anything behind a paywall, so to speak. So if we, um, if we did go down a Patreon kind of route as well, that's another way of doing it. I'm talking, you know, I'm talking out loud as we're thinking it was, we could copy the Battle Games Middle Earth kind of format where if you become a patron, that's how you get that stuff. But I also quite like the idea of just anyone able to dip in and buy stuff. So I don't know what's the best way to do it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but we will do something soon um yeah but before we, we don't even have t-shirts yet so uh you know <laughs> we never hasn't went <laughs> see next question i don't know how you managed this so here's a big one uh <laughs> this is from uh gary kassar i think it's kassar um off by facebook i think in 2019 no one anticipated a pandemic and uh 2021 lockdowns etc who knows what 22 and beyond will bring even though we have vaccinations now so the question is about tournaments with restrictions and not necessarily being able to follow the standard format of them. Should we consider running, for instance, smaller ones than top up, 
than the top so many of each group go forward to the higher tier competition. Locality and dates may be a problem, uh, but it's just whether TOs could consider a plan B. It seems uh, at present we are playing in small groups within a tournament as first change and reduced numbers. So just wondered if it's worth discussing in the next podcast or probably not. So we are discussing it. Yeah, uh, I think basically to, to paraphrase and forgive me, Gary, if I do get this wrong, is um, making considerations as Stu's had to on uh, the format of the tournaments going forward within the current uh, sort of rules we get, and whether to do a heat system uh, based on a smaller number of people rather than doing the round robin style that we appear to be seeing. So, for instance, I actually quite like that idea, the heat system, if we were to do it as we are, but as Stu's alluded to we decided not to do it at all yeah yeah i think well i think some events are having to run like that i don't know if he's also getting at that maybe there are smaller events that the winners of those events go on to other heats before you have you know he might be getting yeah. that as well that but rather than having before, a 20 man or 30 man yeah. event broken into groups of six maybe you just have a group of six playing somewhere um and the winner of that one goes forward to another store so to speak and so that could work as well um that would be something, I suppose, for the the wider organisers. So for a, a GBL, GBHL kind of thing, um, they could all work. It feels like um, we're going to come out of this in a way that we might not need to do that anyway. Um, if things are going as planned, um, it seems to be the case. So I think what you said is possible. Um, I think what we're seeing now is what we're going to have. So your GBHL will find a way of doing them. Um, so that their events run, and the independence of us will will make a change, make a decision based on what kind of event we want to run. I know at the venue, so at Incon Gaming, I know that the Chip is running events. I think there's even going to be an event. He was looking at doing an event for that weekend, little one day things, so forty k and bolt action and stuff. People are running events, but they, like I said, they tend to be kind of ten. 10 man 16 man 12 man little events where they put them in those little pods um and, and somehow work out a winner so they seem that seems to be working um it just didn't work for what we want to do so i don't know if that's answered the question or not but um it looks like those kind of things are happening i just feel i feel i hope that things are slowly going to get back to normal and we won't have to consider that in 2022 as a more of a long-term reassess it you never know something could happen we could have another Another variant that that changes things again, where we have to live with these the kind of restrictions we're under now for a longer period of time, rather than the more open up that kind of medium restriction. And then, yes, we would need to completely rethink how we did events. And if you wanted to run a competitive series, then running running multiple really small ones that that had winners that went through to next rounds could actually be a really good way of doing it. Um, so, who knows? Who knows? But it could all work. All right. Then. Yeah, it depends very much of uh, event you're trying to run if it's a more social event that's obviously not going to be quite as good but uh for, for pure tournament based you know for, for rankings yeah absolutely absolutely right then so next one is from nathan talbot on facebook and uh which background character with no lines is still missing from the range Ooh. Ah, mm. mm. uh, i can't think of anyone with no lines I would have loved to have seen, um, they do have lines, well, not lines in the film, actually. I don't know if they're even in the film, but there's lines in the book. I'd have loved to have seen Nob and Bob in the... the in with in the, Ponce and the, Pony. Yeah, I'd love to see yeah. them in, in with, with, with that release and um, have, have profiles for um, the Scar and the Shire book and, uh, and all the Bree stuff. And that would have been fun. Um, but I'm trying to think of characters without lines that... Don't have profiles. 
that this is one where you probably did need to prep for, and I've I've scanned it once and not really given any more thought. But yeah, so I'm going to say Nob and Bob, even if they maybe count as having lines. It's far further than you ever uh, than, than I've got with that one. To be honest, if if I was that bothered about them, I'd, this would be a pretty easy answer. I know yeah. that's a bit of a cop out, but no, it's, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. No, it's uh, maybe the you know. A rule for the the jailer from uh, Thranduil's halls. <laughs> so I don't think he actually ever really. He, he might get one line perhaps, um, and then do a scenario based on you know sneaking around and trying to get the keys. And the more, who knows? The more but, drunk but, he gets, the, the least likely he is to be able to keep. On yeah, take a sobriety test, which <laughs> sounds like a good thing for sounds the like battle stream like group. A really. Game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. No. But sorry if that's not what you're looking for. But that was off the top of my head. That was the first thing that to mind there's probably some really good ones out there that would be like oh god so yeah let us know tell us once you've listened to this apply in the post any yeah well, that's a good point so when we release the show and you once you've listened to it go and put in the comments some of the, what your, your thoughts or our answers are and maybe some of your own answers to some of the questions that'd be really interesting to to see what people say all right then yeah, so definitely next. so the next question is from chris murphy uh this is an interesting one what do you look for in a tournament Ooh, um, Throne of Skulls. <laughs> For me, that's that's if it's going to be a tournament rather than some kind of narrative kind of play day or something, which doesn't really exist yet, I don't think, for Middle-earth, but could do. Um, I really like that kind of relaxed event where you've... I like the soft scores side of things. Um, it doesn't have to be linked to your final placing because I'm not worried where I finish anyway, but I do like to see um, painting awards and there's potentially more than one so you've got peer voted and you've got a judge if you've got judges that are comfortable doing it you do often get different results because you do find people uh, will not vote for someone because they don't like them or they um like the don't like the faction i think the army's too hard i do like people who vote for the painting based on the painting as a painter um so i do like to see them got multiple opportunities for people to win things as well and walk away with something so that'll be with um the odd handout it doesn't need to be really really expensive for me it doesn't need to be really really expensive um things that bankrupt the organizers but if everyone goes away with something more than just i don't know that the remembering that they went that's quite cool um yeah so multiple kind of a, the odd little spot prize it's probably you know probably what i've designed for an event really and that's not blowing my own trumpet but you tend to design the kind of events you want to go to um so that's what I would, I do like all kinds of different things though, but if there could be a perfect style event, it would be very close to Throne of Skulls, but, but smaller. I quite like the, the more intimate one day because it helps with family stuff. And then, you know, you've got little spot prizes and stuff in it as well. So it's like Throne of Skulls, but with a more localized feel for a, for a good friendly event. What about you, Dan? Uh, I, I, my teeth itch when the, the word tournament comes up. You, you know how I feel about this kind of thing. I, I, I'm very much events based. I, I, in terms of looking for in a tournament, is looking not to be at one would be my answer. I am very much more for the social, just getting involved, having a, having a few you know fun games and having a laugh. And generally, most of the time when I'm going to events, I'm more interested in the time spent around the gaming than the actual gaming itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For me, that's massively what it's for. Uh, you know. Um, I, I have no interest in winning or losing. It doesn't bother me, at least not for Middle Earth. There's no, probably a few no. people who know me from my heresy days, probably crying with laughter or acting shocked at this point. But uh, 
yeah that's that's not it's not for me so for me it's all about the social it's about um adequate opportunity to um spend time with other people of a like mind um you know um in a you know a nice neutral setting where everyone can sit down and have a laugh um preferably with a beer in hand or whatever yeah um show off a bit of painting show off about a bit about not necessarily even if whether that must be the best painting but just show off what you're proud of show off what you're excited about show off your ideas um army themes you know just it's generally for the love of the hobby and that's what events are like about for me that's that's what i'm interested in uh-huh. so yeah i'm excited to go through the skulls because it seems far more you get that all, kind of thing you get all of that with it that kind of i find yeah. you get you get all of the stuff that you've mentioned in that and uh if you find yourself on the kind of mid to bottom tables anyway that's generally i will happily the, sit the at the bottom tables <laughs> raising a glass uh, and and pushing some models around the board until it's a chance to go back to bugman's i'm fine with that absolutely fine with it um that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for the social yeah yeah you'll love it when when it finally gets to happen you will, you will definitely enjoy it um right, totally. next next one is it you reading to me i've lost track now already. it's you is it so how should i sing um after the battle of penanor fields box for lord of the rings side of the middle earth strategy battle game what box set would you like to see when i get around to the hobbit does it have to include thorin's company or like penanor fields can it could be something iconic from the films that is interesting um i i really like the theme of the original hobbit starter set but i'm not so sure it's the best way to teach people how to play the game so there's a real paradox there between what looks a perfect box set but what is also a nightmare for a, a younger person to pick up or anyone new to wargaming to pick up so all oh, hero armies is difficult isn't it um but then what do you do how do you do a, a, a pen and all style it has to be battle of five armies doesn't it and then half of that stuff isn't plastic um so they have to do new models you're not going to see all the um fine cast style or oh, sorry going okay, citadel resin style miniatures in a starter set are you so maybe i'm thinking about rather than thinking about what i'd just like to see i'm thinking about the practicalities around how i don't think it yeah um i don't i don't yeah i don't necessarily think we'll see a hobbit starter set for those reasons i think there was stuff in plastic that could could do that that could do a matchup that didn't include thorin's company then then maybe it would happen but I think they'd have to do because so much of the hobby range is is Forge World or um, Citadel Resin. I I don't see them being able to do it. Otherwise, what could you do it with? So your Erebor Dwarves, they're plastic. You could do Muzzleball. Yeah, yeah. It's limited. You could do Dwarves and um, Orcs. Yeah, you'd have, to, orcs. you'd have to bring in. Yeah, you'd have to use the Lord of the Rings orcs, wouldn't you, and do it that way. And set well, instead of plastic gunderbuds. That's, but that's the thing. I'm, I'm basing it on what are they likely to do? Are they likely to do a new plastic warrior sprue? No, especially when they've got very, very good existing ones. So they're not. That's not going to happen. So I'm thinking, could they do it? You think of the way they did Pelennor. They was they they had there's a brand new fantastic rules release. Um, a brand new miniature one wasn't there one new miniature um in theoden yep and the rest was all re-released stuff packaged in around it and it worked perfectly and it was amazing value it still is amazing value and uh you relaunched the game with it and it's perfect 
and I think they'd have to do a similar kind of thing because the range is huge, as we already know, and they're not going to start again from scratch. Um, they can't. They can't do that. So, what could they do for Hobbit? They'd have to be plastic. So you've got your dwarves. You've got your Dale, haven't you? Um, but they're not going to fight each other. So you'd have to kind of turn it into. Yeah, you'd have to use. Uh, you'd have to use um, Lord of the Rings era orcs and just say that they're orcs from a different area or something. I don't know. I don't think it works. Um, but what I would like to see, well, yeah, we would some kind of Battle of Five Armies thing when you get new plastics or everything. It would be amazing, but I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Unless all. maybe do Thorin's Company again and then Hunter Orcs. Yeah, that's a point. You could do, I forgot about the Hunter Orcs. So you could you do something with the Hunter Orcs. Uh, Before they reach the Hidden Valley, remember they're having a bit of a scrap out on the, the plains. I mean, you could do Hunter Orcs on the doors, I suppose. I mean, there's, this is the other thing that there is. You've got to think of the wider. It doesn't just just doesn't match anything from the films, does it? Or if you think of what or what would have happened, you started the what ifs, aren't you? It's not particularly inspiring either. No, That's the it's problem. not. I don't just you, people will be like scratching their heads and saying, "What's going on? Why have you done that?" So I think I think they're missing a um, there's a mismatch on plastic ranges there, which means it, which I don't think it'll happen. So and you're not going to do Thorin's company. Yeah, yeah, Thorin's company and the Hunter Orcs is the only way they could do it, isn't it? And it makes sense. Unless they did it like almost like the Mines of Moria, and they just did the um, Thorin's Company versus the Three Trolls. Yeah, made it smaller. Yeah, that would work. Um, again, would that inspire? I can't know. I keep thinking it with a logical business head, and maybe that's not the question. Anyway, I don't think we're going to find an answer. That so, um, hopefully that's enough for you. Um, you got anything? In short, there's uh, there's many things we'd like, but I don't think they'd make it work. That's <laughs> probably we don't have one yet. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one's Sorry. quite amusing, then, isn't it? Based on what we've just been talking about. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a uh, the Rob Alderman. Who's that? Uh, asked... Who? Sorry. Who's that? I don't know. He's never heard of him. No, no, no. He's obviously someone utterly inconsequential to the entire business of Middle Earth. Uh, what do you think would be cool to see in SBG? So um, we had a few. I had I had a message from someone saying, uh, "You don't don't mess this up." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they've they've asked their own question later on anyway. So I think there was only one thing he wanted me to say, and I'm not going to say it. Um, what do you think? So many things that could be cool. We've already kind of hinted on it with some of our previous answers. What would be the most cool thing? Um, for me. Um, some models are crying out for a reboot. I would love to see an expansion of the Forge World character series models, which would obviously have to include Sauron. Forge World Sauron would be ridiculous. It would look beautiful. Um, same as um, obviously doing um, like a, a Forge World character series of Aragorn as King, yeah. LSR. Yeah. Um, that would be, again, absolutely stunning. There's an awful lot of miniatures in the range that thoroughly deserve, um, you know, that that treatment. I think, uh, you know, even for just collection, you know, Gandalf on Shadowfax, but he's still Gandalf the Grey. Yeah, I think I'd probably agree with you. Actually, if it was, if I could, there's it's double edged sword for me because, it, like many people, I would love to. And if this question might come up later as well, I think it does. We will end up talking about it again. I'd love to see some of the older and more tired plastics um redone with the modern skill but i'm also painfully aware of what a kind of massive job that would be um 
how much of an impact that would have on us getting new fresh stuff that we've not seen before and also the cost because if you produce new multi-part versions of Ministerial Warriors they're going to be a lot more expensive than the current ones and I'm not sure that the community is ready for that but I would probably go down with your what you've said then and actually go to the different side go down the bespoke side go down the character series and has previous kind of heresy players with the idea of owning each Primark and characters is, is amazing and I'd like to see some work done on those so I love a character series um, fellowship oh uh, yeah very, I'm given very... a similar treatment to the Thorin's company yeah yeah, the same thing. So those kind of things are some really high end with the, you know, display bases or, you know, they can pull out of, but then you've got your display larger. So those of you familiar or, or not familiar with the Heresy series, you can buy a Primark and they'll come on a, I think they're 40 mil, aren't they, bases? Well, they're 50. Uh, 40 mil and then a 60 mil. So um, the, 50, the 40 base. mil kind of pops out of the a larger 60 mil display base kind of thing and they just look amazing. And I'd love um, to see the, the fellowship Sandra. done like that. Maybe some of them could be in like double kits, so it might be, uh, um, I don't know, Mary and Pippin, and then Frodo and Sam would have together, so they fit, both fit on one of those larger bases and things. But I just that would be absolutely incredible. Um, but they're, um, you know, they're they're not they take a long time to produce those kind of things. But also, you know, you'd probably sell to a, a non SPG community as well. Can you imagine if they did uh, sour on it? Obviously, when they were doing the. Uh, the, the bit battle at sort of Gorgoroth and that when they were actually having a scrap with um you know Elendil. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and Gilgalad. How cool would because there's a big slotty base where that would be cool as hell. What about um, a, a Gandalf and the Barog Bridget Kazadum as a kind of a big Forge World character double piece with a little bit of the bridge, you know, just just I can smell my wallet start to smolder. So just even as, talking as, about as that. painters, that's probably what we'd love. I'm not sure everyone would go down the same route. People would be shouting, "No, we want to see a new starter set with all plastic, this and that." And I do love the idea of that as well. But um, um, I'm not actually. I don't actually think that's. I quite like the direction it's going um, as it is anyway. Like I've said before, I'd love to see the Lord of the Rings era finished off. And then the same treatment given to the Hobbit era in terms of books. So I don't think you'd need as many. But I think that kind of refresh and legendary legions given to the Hobbit era armies, that where it's needed, they are smaller, a lot of them. So I don't I think some of them are naturally that kind of size, but maybe pick the odd things so they can have the bonus before at some point. If there's a new edition in the future, I'm sure that hopefully there will be in the future. But I'd like to, I really like this edition, the way it's, it's panning out. So I'd like to see it continue. It looks like we've got some interesting things potentially coming out. And, and as I said, I'd like to see it kind of finish. And people are talking about the Hobbit starter set because they can assume that we'll get through all of this and then the Hobbit one will come out. I'm not so worried about that, but I'd like to see a couple of Hobbit-era books as well. But Yeah, definitely Hobbit-era books. I'd like to return to that hit period massively for me. Um working on some of the stuff that was going on in the world at that time. Um, maybe taking the opportunity to revisit some of the more exotic stuff from the uh, War of the Ring era as well, like Canned. Yeah. Oh, something something that's not directly miniature related is that, and I, I don't know how easy this would be for a smaller system, but I quite like digital stuff and I'd love to see an app like the AOS or the 40K one where you wouldn't need your, your stack cards you wouldn't need to worry about updating them when when rules change. Then you could you could pay a subscription, and rather than releasing decks of cards, but people get upset about when they sell out quickly. I'd love to have all of the profiles um, on there. Even if you bought them in packs, as you are at the moment, maybe you have the core app that's free, but you 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 pay for the each pack, and then there's a small subscription fee. And then as there's a uh, FAQ, you uh, they just update the the profiles so you can 
have them all on your um, your electronic devices and like that, especially if they were interactive, so that when you uh, had a wound or something like that. So I don't know if any did you, when you play War Machine, Dan, was that pre or post War Room era? I was way pre. That was like first edition. I, I did, very I, very I did, early I did, on. I did second. Uh, I've stopped playing when third came out actually. But so War Room was basically worked on that process principle. It was designed more for tablets and phones, but you could run it on your phone. And the the basic app was free. And then you'd you'd buy your your faction packs and it'd have all of the profile cards in. But you could also set it into game mode, and you'd you have your army selected and all your cards would be visible. And then you'd record all your damage and stuff on it as well. I, I really like that. That's quite cool. And it's nice to be able to, you know, still have the physical ones as well or record on paper if you wanted to. But I do like the idea of just rather than flicking through the profiles on the book, uh, even if it's just a digital version of the cards that you can display pretty yeah. much on one screen and you just click on one and it enlarges. So you, and then you can click on the special rule. So if you forget what, especially with some of the, someone like me doesn't remember all the rules or it's a more niche special rule. You think, oh, what does that special rule do? I hate it then having to go and grab the rule book to then look at the special rules to see what it is. And I know you get that now to a certain extent with the with the books, with some of the hyperlinks work, but just to have it as not all that clutter. So you pick your army, those cards are there visible in your army ready to go and you click on them regardless of whether you've recorded damage or not. So some kind of army building tool with cards integrated as an app, Rob, please, if you can sort that out. Yeah. Speaking of digital, actually, SBG games on Warhammer Plus. And that may happen. Hopefully it does. I'm seriously considering subscribing mm. to Warhammer Plus, but I'd like to see Middle Earth get a showing. I mean, admittedly, there's not going to be cartoons of it because that's, yeah, maybe yeah. there might be, but that's a wider issue with the the licensing and stuff and probably not worth the money. But seeing battle reports for oh, that would that be would fantastic. Is it? And it so this is a question I have not read in detail about it. I've read a little bit. So you might, I don't know if you know this or not, Dan. Does is it going to replace Warhammer TV? Is all the stuff that's on Warhammer TV going to be on Plus, or is it no, still well, going to be different? I don't know if you'll be able to access it. It's certainly not going to become a paywall for Warhammer TV. I think Warhammer TV will continue as it as it stands. Yeah, but, um, but Warhammer Plus will be uh, access to a lot of extra stuff, which will be the battle reports they do for that, which are, I think you can watch any time. Um, then obviously there's the advanced painting uh, stuff that they're going to be doing, the law stuff. Um, it looks really good. Like, I think archive. for me, if I, I'm not worried, it, it's not. I as much as I got Amazon and I can you will have my Twitch subscription free because of Amazon. It's a bit of a pain. You keep having to resubscribe. So I just just subscribed anyway to Warhammer TV. So I'm already paying that normal subscription amount. I'm quite happy to play for Warhammer Plus, but I don't want to pay for both. So I would actually want Warhammer TV to be included. That's one wonder if it was. You know, I don't I don't think that should be the only way you can get Warhammer TV. I think that would be a mistake, but I was hoping that if you pay for Warhammer Plus, when they screen Warhammer TV, you get it as part of your Warhammer Plus thing. I'm not sure if it is. If it was, I would definitely do it because I'm already paying similar amount. Certainly anyway. hope so, wouldn't you? Um, I don't know if that. I just wondered I'd, if you'd heard or not. Because if if they did, that mm. would be that would be it sold to me because I'm just pre- pretty much switching my money over from my um, Warhammer from my Warhammer TV subscription to that and getting getting more for it. That's why I'd. Suppose it depends it. on the hosting. I have no idea, but for me, what sells it more than anything else is. Um, apparently there's going to be access to the White Dwarf archive so you can well, look at digital copies of all that, the old White Dwarfs so huge, I can read all huge. the old Mike McVeigh's I've got most of them anyway physically um, there's a few I'm missing so um, but yeah looking at the, some of the, the ones I don't have will be great and digital is just great to look at it as well isn't it especially when, you're, when you want to pick an old scenario or something we've seen before you can just 
find that rather than digging out the books and stuff so yeah it, it definitely interests me it looks good value i think the people that think it's bad value are trying to compare it with netflix which is this is a bit different so it's whether you already use a number of those things if you've already got the 40k app and you've already got the aos app then and you're paying for those things it was it seems like well, you might as well go all in for this but uh that's why i was asking about the whammer tv thing because if 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 you're able to watch the content that is put on on twitch um um, live through the app without having to pay for it on Twitch as, as well, then, um, yeah, I'd, I'm, I'd be in anyway. But we'll see. We'll see. So your turn, sir. Oh, yes. We've, uh, yeah, we've got to be kind of squeezed our own bit in the middle. Of so Joe Holzman from Facebook, when can we buy out of the frying pan dice? Uh, we have, <laughs> can we have detailed instructions on how stew microwaves for maximum sixes? Why is Dan afraid of being hugged? On a more serious note, when we're finally able to play in person a bit more often, are there any armies in particular we'd be really excited to see put down on the table opposite you? Um, so the first one, dice, I think we mentioned earlier, we, we it will happen, we'll find a way of making it happen. We've just got to work out the best way of doing it, whether it's some kind of pre-order thing, find out how many people want them, and uh, take your money and then, then put an order in. That might be the way of doing it. Or whether it's I decide to invest lots of money and then uh, make the money back as well as sell them. We'll, we will see. I'll have a look at how many people think they might be interested. Um, microwaving dice? No, you'll have to learn that for yourself. I don't want everyone doing it because everyone will know to. Um, Dan, why are you afraid of being hugged? <laughs> no pressure. Um, well, have you met most gamers? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I, I'm not one for being hugged. I'm not Never a natural happened. hugger either, to be honest. I will, I will do it. If someone goes in for the hug, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't pull away, but also I, I'm unlikely to go up and hug you. I'm more likely to offer you my yeah. hand or elbow in this <laughs> this climate. Um, but, yeah, uh, uh, it's good way I'm watching me flinch is the basic. <laughs> oh, uh, I bet Sam, does, Sam, does Sam try and hug you every time he sees you, or has he learned not to? Or is that? Oh no, no, the, Sam. You got to hug Sam. There you go. So there are there are exceptions. It's nice. People are like, "What? He hugs someone." Um, and that was the last thing. Um, when you find him to play, are there often armies you like? Excited to play? Um, I don't think there's anything that sort of massively jumps out at me. I, I haven't played for so long, but I'm happy to play anything and looking forward to playing lots of stuff. Um, my um, last game, the last thing I wrote a list for in terms of a match play style thing. Was was the last Throne of Skulls to run? Because I took Q one off, planned to, to build terrain, decided not to do it. I think I've said it before. I took Q Q one off for twenty twenty to um, basically plan for Flotsam and Jetsam in April or well, the end of March. Sorry, thinking no, don't worry, I won't go to any events this quarter, and I'll go to my events and the rest of the year after I run my event. And then obviously the the well went crazy and I didn't play any games. So in terms of match play game, I've not played in the whole of 2020 and obviously nothing this year either. Um, so it's, it's all been narrative play since then. I've only done narrative play. So I will happily played anything in terms of match play. It'd just be nice to get back. I'm actually, as much as I'm like you, Dan, a little bit, I'm not sort of tournament focused. I do actually like the match play format in terms of just how, cause it's a different kind of game, isn't it? And it's, I, I do like that kind of battle as well. So, um, Oh yeah, right now it'd just be fun to play that kind of format game, which is very hard for us to do with a camera and stuff. It's very you don't get quite the, the right level of it. What about you? I don't really mind any army that's put down by someone who's just up for a laugh. You know, just having a bit of a, you know, ninety minutes to sort of two hours of just you know, 
having a bit of a laugh with someone, hopefully, you know, someone with an interesting army um, that they're excited to talk about and, you know, bounce yeah. hobby off each other and share ideas and just generally get, you know, enthusiastic yes. about what each other's doing. Yeah, I like that. Something that they've, um, you know, put some heart and, and soul into painting and modeling. doesn't matter about the standard, but just so they're really happy with that kind of thing. Yeah, it's even if it's used. mad, you know, even if it's like the maddest idea on the, 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 the swiftest tangent about, you know, what happens if Eowyn rode into battle on a donkey or something? Whatever. I'd, I'd, you know, just those mad stuff. I, I wouldn't mind as long as someone had thought it through and had a, you know, a bit of a fun story for it. I'm up for discussing that, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Um, right then, next one. It's over for you. So uh, Ben Stanley uh, <laughs> wrote in, uh, if you could only pick one faction to play for the rest of time, why would it be Numenor? Um, yeah, why would it be Numenor? Yeah, well, I can't it, think of a single reason for it to be Numenor. I, I can't as they think, currently I can't, stand. <laughs> I can't think, think of a single reason why it would be Numenor either. Thanks, Ben, for the question. It might have been Ben that that uh, that warned me not to mess up the question for by Rob. Um, I it, probably dwarf related, and you probably be the same as well. I imagine if you could actually, well, you'd think that, wouldn't you? But I think it might be Mordor. Uh, it's a... I've utterly fallen in love with them, even though it was an army. I just I had the models, so I thought I'd paint them, and I love them. Uh, okay. And the dwarves are great, don't you? I mean, um, they were my first love and all that kind of thing. They what got me into the game. I bought the Iron Hills, and I love the new dwarf models, and things are looking exciting for the future. And, you know, there, there aren't really that many bad dwarf models ever since they've been doing dwarf models. But there's something about the Mordor I'm really enjoying. So you just had them, started to paint them, and you fell in love? A little bit. A little bit. That's why immediately the first thing I did after painting a thousand points, I was going, I'll paint a thousand more. It's like the uh, Middle Earth version of a, an arranged marriage that turned out well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some somewhat. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just and there's there's so much scope within the Mordor faction to do more because then you yeah. can, you know, theme it by era and all that kind of stuff. It, it does. Um, have there's that, all the name ring races to do. There's all the unit types. Barely scratch the surface on unit types. Well, you can if you go to sort of if you go more Tolkien on it as well. You can kind of almost just. All orcs, all orcs and goblins in that, can't you? They all kind of, yeah. They're all they're all one faction, really. It's broken down into sub ones based on uh, the presentation of the films. So you can kind of, I'm sure there, probably I'm sure there are probably also more players in... out there that, that just have that that, that play Mordor, but they also play, um, Gund- you know, play uh, Azog stuff because they just love orcs. So um, I, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. There's definitely yeah. Uh, they're almost the most universal forces because there's subtle differences in the way that all of the other races in Middle Earth have behaved over the, the various millennia of the ages of Middle Earth. But yeah. you could run a Mordor army themed around Morgoth's forces in the same way that you could, you know, what's left after Sauron falls and, and you know, um, they're mopping up the orcs that remain in the wilderness. Yeah. And if you, you paint and it could be the same with, army. If you paint them with very kind of generic shields as well you can you could have a real core of an army that you use across different forces and just chain adding little flavor bits here and there can't you so yeah i, I yes. in terms of in terms of scope they're one of the biggest i think yeah i just really enjoy them i mean yeah you think it'd be dwarves and there's a part of me that says you know it might be dwarves, but yeah i think mordor uh-huh. yeah. see that definitely right then so 
next one. Oh, it's me reading this. So this is from Sophie. Um, right, so what do you think GW have got right and what do you think they got wrong since the pen and awning at Fields Box? Would you rather see new characters or troops done before in the range, or not done before in range, revamps of existing metal um, resin, or re-sculpts of plastics, risers, Rohan, etc. What model needs the most an overhaul in terms of model, and then again in terms of rules? God, so um, multifaceted there. Um, good questions. Um, what do you think? Anything that jumps out? LSR needs redoing. I, I don't care how you cut it, he needs redoing, because yeah. that model is absolutely gopping, and he's supposed to be one of the coolest characters in the game. Yep. That I would agree. That would have probably been mine as well. And potentially, I would find it. I don't think they've got anything. It sounds really sick. I don't think they've got anything wrong as such. But if you could say anything that I thought was amiss, would have been that when you and I, and I appreciate the pressures and the amount of models they could get out, especially in plastics. But I felt that we needed a new LSR, and I felt that we needed a new um, Boromir. Um, around the times of the War in Gondor and the Pelennor Fields release. Um, those, uh, Borum is not as bad a model as, as the LSR at all. It's a nice model, but I would have felt that that they would be big sellers for um, for the movie because I feel they've missed their chance in terms of releases go. So I would have loved to have, if it were at all possible, I would have loved to have seen those as plastic models. I know why it hasn't. So I'm not one of those angry on... Uh, Middle Earth rocks people that that complained that they wanted plastic, wanted something different, and then shouted at no one wanted plastic ends and all those, even though they asked for a plastic end the month before. It's not that what I'm getting at, but I would have loved to have um, seen those as well. And I know that's probably not possible. Um, other than that, I, yeah, I think that's actually what puts me off doing a, a Gondor army actually, because um, apart from obviously the resins they've done, mm-hmm. so much of the characters of that range are not very nice. Yeah, I mean, would I have rather have seen? really difficult would i rather seen a lsr and a boromir in resin then and not have the new profiles like here in the tall and uh, would i have it's really difficult because the new profiles i love are, the i love the ingold model though so yeah it's it's i, I love them both the models and it's whether you'd rather have the new the older models redone or new profiles and it's a really fine balance because the, the hobby is multifaceted. We're maybe model driven, but some people are game driven, and there's a thriving um, competitive scene out there. That and and you need meta, and you need changes, and that needs new profiles to keep it exciting as well. So it's really really difficult. Um, Problem is you're going to run out of stuff to do because unfortunately Tolkien didn't write much more. But then by the time you've I don't know, it's the time you kind of get around to running out of stuff, you get to re-release things and do a new edition with changes anyway. So there's always a, there's always enough there. Um, uh, so, yeah, I don't think they've never really got anything wrong at all. I, I think there was a missed opportunity, but I appreciate why those models aren't released because they can only do so many and they have to pick and choose which ones. Um, revamps, I answered that as well. Uh, Rescorts of plastics, right? I think we touched on that earlier a little bit as well. I did. Um, I think you've got a similar opinion, haven't you? About what do you what do you think about redoing plastics and range? I'm all for it, um, but like you, I don't know necessarily. A lot of people already are a little bit touchy about pricing, mm. and after playing the other games that GW produces, and this isn't a stab at GW. I'm going to put this straight out there. Uh, I still think most of the stuff's very fairly priced it's not exactly a cheap hobby but what hobby is um but if you start looking at how much you're going to pay for 10 basic troops for some of the other games like uh, 40k and aos 
and compare that to what you're paying for upwards of 20 models for middle earth people would be in for a bit of a shock yeah, and that's what will, the, the price increase would follow and um, yeah as it should because i mean you're paying better part of 30 quid i'm, I'm for my for my uh i'm paying about 35 pound for 10 yeah that's that i mean fair enough there's a lot of parts in there their power armor so it's slightly bigger bloody bloody blah, blah, blah but even so even if you're looking at things like the war cry models for instance yeah things like that they're of a similar scale to um some of the middle earth stuff and they are considerably more expensive yeah it's difficult i don't the way games workshop has this business model i don't see there being a there are plastics produced out there that are of a similar price point to those original plastics now from other companies who are multi-part um but they have a completely you, know, you look at the perry's stuff you look at um there's um some plastic multi-part cowboys for dead man's hand I, funny enough these are i'm trying to remember the sculptor he's ex um forge world i think i think he's done lots of the middle of range from uh, oh why is why is his name gone bum 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 it might come back to me Sure I think Keith Robertson's still sculpting, isn't he, for Forge World? Well, but I know he's not, done some not, other bits. It's not, yeah, it's not Keith. It's because um... it, hasn't he done some stuff for? Um... Oh dear! So I've seen some models he sculpted for someone else recently. That's where I have, um, you know, uh, swords and you know armor and stuff, and they're really pretty. I'm trying to. I might be wrong. I'm trying to think who it is. And I've seen his name pop up lots recently. He's done lots of stuff. He's done some work for. Um... War Games Atlantic as well. I'm sure it's the guy that used to work. Used to work for uh, um, GW Stroke Forge World. Um, but either way, whatever it boils down to, I think essentially you're going to see if they did redo them, you'll probably see the price point remain roughly similar, but you'll get half as much in the box. I think it'd be both. I think you've got. Uh, yeah, I, all I mean is that you, there are companies out there that are producing plastic miniatures that are similar price range that are better quality because they are more modern and they are multi-part, but they are not as detailed and as many options as you get on the modern gw kits and i don't see them kind of producing something that's somewhere between the two i think if they change it they'll it'll be full modern style and it's what they're it's their signature isn't it it's what games workshop dubs they're a, they're a miniatures company so i don't see them kind of saying well we'll cut back a little bit to cut the cost down but i may be wrong well, i think am is a good example of that you know if you think about it, i mean fair yeah. enough he's a character but offering a lot of options on the sprue and it's all beautifully sculpted that kind of thing but obviously extrapolated across the you know a, a unit of warriors however many you put in a box but yeah i i don't know um there's an awful lot of stuff to come but i i think um a lot of the characters need re revamping rob mcfarlane um, rob mcfarlane uh, used to work for yeah yeah so he's done done stuff for i think he did the these cowboys if you haven't seen them already um there's multi-part plastic cowboys um he's done stuff for north star i think he's done some stuff for, for um war games atlantic so he's done some lovely stuff and you could see that style working and you know the perrys do that kind of style as well but again i think it just wouldn't be gw um it just wouldn't work so anyway so i just remembered his name so um, <laughs> and i know he does he's done plenty yeah. of the range we play with and they're very 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 nice um in terms of oh. rule and stuff what do you think about rules um so model most needs an overhaul we've done the model i've not rules. played enough to really comment on the rules if we're being honest i don't think or, nothing, uh, nothing jumps out to me i think i bet oh, there's um i've probably said stuff before when i was playing when i get back into more doing events and i'm building lists that's when things come up and i think oh this might 
work better if it's this or that and most stuff's been fixed with FAQs hasn't it there's been the there's only the odd thing that gets asked and asked again that's um not been fixed um something I was something I was thought of when I wrote one of the lists which dwarf is it um it's got a special rule that doesn't work in so this is how long since I've written a list for competitive play that these these things just drift out of my mind and how much of a focus for me that it isn't um um dwellings he's got a special rule that uh doesn't work for for one of his profiles because he's not got a two-handed he's got two individual that's young bar, young dwellings he's got it, two young, axes young dwellings profile yeah has uh can't use one of the special rules because he hasn't got the weapon to use with just minor only little minor things like that pop to mind but um it's as i said it's been it's about 18 months since I, I wrote a match play list just haven't looked at it at all because we've all this, all our focus has been on uh um narrative play and it really does change the way you think about um, profiles interacting you just, you just don't you just look at the profile as and when you need it it completely changes the way you game which has been a nice change i'm looking forward to getting back to that other stuff but yeah no, nothing on the top of my head that really really stands out um but yeah model wise and stuff what we said I would also say that um, in terms of just general um, community engagement and business practices, that GW's massively learned some lessons in the last year or so. I mean, obviously, they they had no way of foreseeing a lot of the pandemic and, you know, global shipping and all that kind of stuff coming into effect. But what they have done is they've got better communication. Obviously, as we alluded to earlier in the the episode, that... um, the uh, advanced time on the MTOs, or sorry, the um, last chance to buy has been extended. So where they've made quite justifiable, in my opinion, mistakes in the last 18 months, two years, they've done a lot of work on rectifying that if the situations were to occur again. So fair play. Yep. Yeah, quite agree. Quite agree. Um, so next one uh this is from uh Dwell- i don't actually know his actual name but he goes by dwelling grudge bane on uh facebook so hello sorry for the boring question uh he and carl are playing uh the balance tomb scenario from quest um having listened to our battle run through the podcast what one or two things would we introduce or change in the rules t- uh to even uh it up for a standalone game so obviously not as part of that campaign um, See, I'm not sure anything really does we, need to be changed for that scenario. From when we played we it, played it once, and um, yeah, and yeah, I struggle, but there's probably more to do with me only winning priority twice. It. It's the priority was the biggest thing. You you've got to find a way of controlling um, and, and and stopping um, Aragorn and um, Boromir from controlling the game basically if you can't find a way to stop them smashing face um and winning priority is really important with that um then you, you can't win it um i think we, we also came up if you'd few... have if you'd have stopped shooting me with the goblins and just charged me like you did in the later yeah. turns you'd have probably nobbled me a lot quicker as well yeah i mean only list four about four of them wide and they maybe six of them wide so it wasn't too but yeah i could have brought them a couple of them for a turn or two earlier um i'm not sure it have made a massive amount of difference i think the the i think the um priority was a bigger effect but yeah just yeah. don't worry about but i managed to get gimli across in that time and that made a difference to the fights if you'd have caught the hobbits on their own mobbed them you'd have probably the, dragged the enough on them is, to make I it a draw the problem is here is we played it once so it'd be one of those yeah. I, I had awful shooting if it was a game where i actually caused a few wounds with shooting then we'd be given i'd be given completely different advice i'd be saying make sure you keep yeah. a couple back and get some shooting in so um i don't say we've not played enough check out that episode again listen to us listen to the end when we're going over it or well, i think we mentioned more stuff then um now 
more you know having a, a, a few weeks or months since we've played it it um it i'd need to play more to think about it it's uh it's it's tough but also i think the the fellowship get out of it and i think they should do um but you there's bits you can do you can um make it uh what would you say make it I can't remember the things we said about having to get them to maybe escape out the door or something like that. Rather, there are little things you can do to play around, but I don't think you can make it even. To be honest with you, no. I you, think it's very nature. They're all a bit Mary Sueish, aren't they? They're supposed to be. Yeah. If you put too many more goblins in, then um, then you kind of you you you'll clog it up too much. You could maybe add another couple of goblin captains in. I wouldn't massively change it, but it just gives you a little bit more. I don't think it would break it, but I don't don't know. It's not, it's not designed. I mean, you the the way to make it an even standalone game would be you you match up those points and see where we're at, <laughs> because <laughs> you you'll find that there's quite a there's quite a swing there, isn't there, in points difference? One's a thousand point army, isn't it? One's um, not very much. Yeah, there's true. Even when they you bring them back, they I are mean... they are coming back, but where they come not back the big through. Stuff. Yeah, not the big stuff. Um, so maybe that's the thing, is that you give you the ability for maybe if a troll dies every uh, another two turns later on the, the third turn after that, they, there's a chance for another troll to come back. I don't that kind of thing, because it's only the chaff that comes back and it comes from a very narrow place. It's quite easy to control, you know, to get your two big characters up there. But it can go the other way. You lose one of those big characters early and, you, and then it changes the makeup of the game. So I just think, play it a few times swap sides so you both get both experiences that's probably the way to enjoy it is, um, play more than once and, and take turns <laughs> yep sounds fair enough to me um, and the next one so I just bought the pen and I'll start a set now what the heck do I do um, and that's from expiring monologue on Instagram um, the, the 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 easy answer is to um just start building and painting, and just start playing the games as quick as you can. But that's that's we don't. I don't know anything about your situation, so um, I always say when you're starting a game, you want to start painting and playing with the models that most excite you, because there's no point in trying to pretend you like a particular faction just because it's what fits. So, if it's a good starter for 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 three armies essentially, but if you really don't like any of those armies, then try something else I don't, it's difficult I don't know what the don't know what the rest of that I don't know what they want from that answer I could give you plenty of scenarios I mean if you want the best army out of that box would probably be to expand upon the Mordor because you've got a really nice rounded set in there and you can do quite a lot just by adding some characters can't you some of the newer characters or, uh, or just buy three hunters yeah or buy three hunters and then play that the, 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 you probably need to add more to the, the, the Rohan to actually kind of make it um, expanded yeah. to something else um, so the others are better starter in terms of finances but it really is no what I don't want to do is spend five minutes saying well add, add this that and this and then you're like but I don't like the orcs <laughs> so um, but by all means sorry to it's a bit of a cop out there but I would say enjoy the box as a starter um, yeah and get build, it all assembled and assemble get some, it get some, play it play even if it's by yourself play, play through the rules learn the rules I'm assuming you don't know the rules or you're very new so play the rules learn the rules and then think about starting to paint them up and um and then um if you have a kind of a direction you feel like you're heading in but send us a message as well if you want to send us an email with or a message with uh i really really like this faction or that faction and we can uh, 
maybe give you a bit more guidance then but thanks for the question anyway but uh, just enjoy the Starbucks enjoy that kind of that exciting feeling you get when you have a, a new starter and it's not quite the thing but all the possibilities you've got that goes with that yeah couldn't agree more yeah if you get them put together uh, try and play some games learn a bit here and there get start painting when you feel comfortable and in the meantime if you've got any questions let us know mm-hmm. cool next one so this is from uh, Carl Daly uh, via Instagram uh, if uh, you were to insert yourself into the game, what profile would you have? What special <laughs> rules would you have? Which faction would you represent? And what is your favourite cheese? <laughs> so there's only one, one one easy answer to that one, and it's a ripening brie. That's my favourite cheese, but uh, ooh. probably sound a bit like Alfred, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to hug him, though, would you? So that might be good. No, if you had not. his hygiene, you might not get hugged. Exactly. Maybe that's what it is, Dan. You're just too clean, aren't you? You're too uh, everything's clean, everything's tidy. Maybe you just people want to hug you because you're so hygienic. Dirty, <laughs> yeah, um, sticky fingers. <laughs> I I have no idea. That's a. I would uh, special rules. Um, I well, if I, I'm feeling a bit old and creaky at the moment, so but maybe stealing venerable. From uh, from Dane, from Dane might, <laughs> might be good. Um, yeah, I'd be some some. I'd probably link them all to. I'd have to be a Hobbit, I think. Even though I don't play that as a faction, I think that's the kind of lifestyle I want to lead. So special rules would be something to do with um, yeah, being old and creaky and uh, and and liking good food. And what's my favourite cheese? Blue cheese, definitely. Um, Stilton, probably, but lots of different blue cheeses. Nice and strong, yeah. and stuff that's strong and smelly. So yeah, that, that works. I think the the Hobbit again, probably. I think most people would identify with the Hobbits. You know, special rule for string pedantry or something. <laughs> if anyone would like to come up with, um, uh, so, oh, no, uh, no, a profile, <laughs> um, full stats and special rules for me as a Hobbit and Dan as an Alfred type human character. Where would you like to come from? What what region do you want to come from, Dan? You are more of a Bree man than it, or you want to be a someone. I think from... it would be a Bree lander. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do live in East Anglia, and it's about as close as you can get, isn't it? So uh, a a slightly miserly, um, unhygienic Bree lander for, for Dan. Um, <laughs> likes... He's describing Bill Fernie to be honest. No. You? He's got a profile. Bill Fernie's best mate, who likes Bree Bree cheese from Bree. Um, oh, and. Um, and, uh, and then a, um, a slight, not, not, I'm not on OAP, but a, a middle-aged um, hobbit that, uh, that that's feeling a bit old and creaky and likes to uh, drink red wine and um, and blue cheese. Now, if anyone wants to come up with profiles, and uh, then, yeah, we'll we'll give them a go. Maybe in a death match, we can do them in the death match, couldn't we? <laughs> so you want to make the fact you want to make them fairly balanced against each other, so we like, we'll have a death match, and it's a challenge for someone. Um, right then, on to the next one. So, paints on a four up. Says Cameron, putting out some lovely stuff recently. I love his ends, really, really nice. Um, so, what is your favourite model in terms of a physical model um, that has a terrible profile? I love the barrels out of bomb models, but they don't even have profiles. Well, that's a cop out. Um, oh God, this is one of those ones that it's that, Mox Enforcer. You... Okay, not not a fan of the the profile. I don't remember. The no, his rules suck a little bit. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> they're not good um there's literally no point to them um because you're very rarely going to put him in the same war band as goth mog in order to benefit from it so oh, i can't it's 
there's nothing that's absolutely nothing that's jumping out at me that um because I don't think I let the profile affect it too much. I'm so driven by the model and the theme of the army that I will tend to have something in there that's that's not great even if the profile doesn't work. So like use the example of um young Dwalin is that probably would have been better off picking something else for that list if I was looking at what's what's a, a, a you know a more of an optimal um selection but it was all about the theme and uh he matched the theme for the army so we went in even though he's he wasn't you know he was hampered by that that not being able to use that special rule so not massively but so yeah I, I I'm afraid that doesn't it's a good question but it just doesn't commute become commute compute with me in a way that it would with with other people and I'm sure there'll be people you know shouting going oh this model love the model but it's useful useless and stuff and it's just because we just don't tend to think in a kind of a match play mindset very often um so yeah nothing Forge world snagger maybe i don't like his profile very much uh, um also Forge world denethor um neither of those are very spectacular from what i can see in terms of profiles i think they do what they need to though so that's what i mean i'm quite sympathetic with the mm. um, I mean, yeah golf box enforcer i'm going with that in terms of the balance between quality of model and the profile there's a bit of a change anyway isn't it because the miniatures are getting so beautiful that quite often you have this really really beautiful sculpt that in terms of a game piece it's not really it's, it's never going to be that exciting anyway so um yeah uh, that's uh yeah i've got nothing more to add other than that um and then you for the last one yes so this one came in via twitter this is the one that was a day later than originally intended <laughs> luckily we we're going to record tuesday so this is from matt uh, percival uh, sorry I'm a day late with this question. I was thinking about getting into MESVG, uh, in brackets, coveting an Azog's Legion army. Good choice. But I don't really know anything about the scene. As a hobbyist who likes to work towards tournaments, I was wondering what and where are the major tournaments? Oh, right. Um, there's loads, isn't there? The best thing to do is to uh, jump on the Great British Hobbit League um, Facebook group. If you're not already on there, if you're only on Twitter, give us a message and we'll... Um, I'll find well, Harry's direct He links. messaged me on my Twitter and I literally gave him that answer. Get on the GBHL. <clears throat> yeah, but but I suppose that um, what Harry's got a separate blog now, isn't he, for the GBHL, league, you know, in terms of a league. So there's the Great Big Hobbit League Facebook group and there's the GBHL um, Tournament League, which is the the, um, the 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 match play sort of league in the UK. So um, there is a way of getting that without um, going to Facebook now, because I think Harry's turned into a whole blog, hasn't he, with all the date, the information on there. Um, so that will be the other thing to do. So um, I'll try and remember to um, send him the link. One of us, both of us, will try and remember to find Harry's um, latest post and, and send him the link to that because they all have a, a calendar and stuff. It's all a bit messed up at the moment, as you can imagine, because of um, because of uh, the pandemic and the way things are. So there are, there are quite a few big events and lots of smaller ones throughout the year. Um, many are scoring ones for the league, but there are lots of independent ones that don't score towards the league, but they are still kind of match play focused. So maybe look locally to start with and, and just go to an event or two, press the dust, you know, sort of get used to the, the, the competitive play um, and then look for the big ones. But the uh, we aside from uh, Warhammer World ones, I've not been to any of the, the big ones. 
I tend to go to the, the smaller ones just because it's easier to go local and one day is easier with the family and stuff. So in terms of the major tournaments, what are we talking scouring for Steve's event, scouring the Shire? Yeah, scouring um, um, the um, Seven Stones, Damien's. That's that's, that's 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 more of a laid back style thing, yeah. isn't it? But it's still a tournament. It's still a, I think it's an eighty. Still counts as an eighty pointer, doesn't it? From GBX, I can't remember. Um, there is still a tournament. Uh, so you got the GT, which is big you've got your doubles they're both will have well ones there are what else you've got there's one in reading isn't there it's uh yeah um uh chris uh, they run uh events up uh in uh, scotland chris martha he runs yep. uh, events up there so yep. um there's there are a number around all of which can be found uh on that gbhl link um, and we've been, we've been a year without them so that yeah, they, they might be in different places or different times than they, than they normally are, and um, and I forget some of them because you're not here because you've not heard about talked about on podcasts with tournament reviews from Harry. Uh, I mean, go and listen to um, um, Entmoot because uh, um, uh, Harry, uh, as much as he hasn't been able to recently, his his the focus of the podcast is mainly going to uh, events and talking to the the participants and talking about his experiences there. Um, so he would be awesome to to listen to and um, and get that sort of side side of the hobby. Whereas we're much more focused on the narrative play sort of side of it. We've evolved into that partly because of pandemic, but also because of the way we play games. Um, I'm sure we will go to some events and you'll get a little bit of other stuff in there as well but yeah he's that's a really good one to go and listen to go back and listen to his back catalogue and you'll learn about some of the big events from the way he talks about them as well if you like listening to the podcast which i take it you do having uh message us about this one right um we're done yes so, uh, so thank you to everyone really enjoyed that as well it's nice doing something a little bit we won't do these all the time but maybe once or twice a year or so um but um always enjoy doing them always a bit of fun um and thank you for everyone that took the time to put a question in. And uh, hopefully we managed to um, answer them in an interesting way. So uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll close the show down. Hello, and here we are. And uh, we thought we'd um, we we thought we'd, because of the length of the show, with quite a long question section, we'll uh, we're going to have a break from Deathmatch this week. It's a bit of an unusual show, not the normal format. So we are here closing the show down. Um, so Dan, is there anything you'd like to shout out before we let everyone go? Yeah, just the usual. Um, Legion of People War Gamers, uh, my local. They are meeting now on Sundays. I think every other Sunday um small groups at the moment so if you want to uh join for some games in peterborough then by all means join the facebook group and uh, all the details will be included on there please do join us um and aside from that thank you to the usual content providers for putting out what they are keeping us all a bit more sane in the world at the moment uh special mention of course to the b-sum crew are obviously doing lots of stuff every week through the zoom call for the patrons as well as the uh, mainstream keeps my uh fridays more interesting <laughs> and uh, yeah, just generally, everyone uh, keep doing what you're doing. Be safe, and uh, by all means, get in contact with us on uh, the usual uh, channels that Stu will undoubtedly give you. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, for myself, what I'm going to say. Well, I mentioned earlier the um, the event that we're going to be um, you know running a table at. So that those of you who are um, that play other game systems as well, historically game minor, do it was worth checking out the channels for the guys that run the Plastic Pack podcast on their YouTube. So you have got Seventh Son. Um, 
Boots on the Table with Dom, Miniature Wargaming Warriors, and On Point HQ. And there's a real mix of game systems there. So from Bolt Action to Napoleonics and War of the Roses and a bit of English Civil War and stuff with boats and um, many, many, many stuff. So if you do like, um, and there's a few of you do, because I know a few of you have messaged me about things. So if you like that kind of stuff, well worth checking out their channels. But if you check out their um, their podcast, it's a very relaxed chat, as if you like that kind of stuff. So go and check those out if you are so, so minded and and also check out um, Miniature Realms, my channel, which is for non-Middle-earth uh, stuff. Um, you can hear me rabbiting on about um, American Civil War stuff and God knows other, well, lots of other stuff on there as well. But back to the more important stuff. Um, you can follow our social media, so um, please do give us a like on Facebook. Um, join our Facebook group. Um, and you can check us all out or follow us on Instagram at OOTFP Podcast and on Twitter at OOTFP. And if you want to go past, you know, back in time, it feels weird to say back in time for an email rather than handwritten, but if you prefer just to email us, you can get us at OOTFP fppodcast at gmail.com um, and check out our YouTube channel as well I did just post up a um, the next installment of Smile it's not very long I'll just talk about the uh, this the sort of the final assembly stages and uh, the questions around whether to paint wings on or wings off and you see a little bit of the initial painting anyway thanks very much for joining us thanks for all the people who are sending questions and uh, we will catch you soon Run!